Let's do the damn thing. Oh, you know what time it is. It's time to take it to the burn land. It's about to go down. Hope you're all ready. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, let's yeah. go. Come and roll with me to the burn land. Friends got to giving you the word, man. Any other BS is absurd, man. Sports talking, they give it to you firsthand. They can talk turps, they can talk O's. Yeah, they both lit. That's how it goes. Baltimore squad, Ravens and Poe. Better tune in. Here gonna show. Birdland, Birdland, Birdland. BS. Birdland, Birdland, Birdland. BS. It's all about that BS, baby. Fuck What's Buster Olney. <laughs> What's Buster up, BSers? <laughs> and fuck Buster Olney. We need the bleep button tonight, and this show is not for kids tonight. It's suck uh-uh. it. This is going to be a lot of fun. <laughs> Fred Scott, James, Drew in the house. We almost had the fifth member, the guy that hadn't been here in a while, and Ryan, but, uh, you know, Mother Nature had other things in mind. He exists, though. The storm was intense for about 15 yeah, minutes. Yeah, it was. Man. It was that crazy. Was a tornado. I don't care. It had uh, big dick energy, man. I think it was ridiculous. Yeah. Mother Nature going, hmm. Yeah. Almost said Megan here. I had to climb over trees to get my chainsaw out. It was insane. Uh, we got a lot to talk about on the night's show. Obviously, uh, we are excited. Hopefully, you guys are out there about Birdland right now. We're changing shit up. Usually, we kick the show off with Ravens talk first each week. But how can we not talk about the hottest team in Baltimore first? Your eight wins in a row, Baltimore Orioles. Yeah, yeah. and look, we're going to talk everything that's going right. The latest Orioles All-Star. Are they buyers or sellers at the trade deadline? And we'll, when will we see the next wave of prospects? going to be interesting. Yeah, man. The Ravens bring back a familiar face for another season. So we are going to talk Ravens as well. And could a change at defensive coordinator make a larger impact than I think some fans may think? We discuss. But guys, if you need somebody to help you in court, <laughs> have you not called Bowers Hassan and Herndon yet? Come on now. What are you We've doing? told you about this. It's formerly MD Crash, so now Bowers Hassan and Herndon. They've got more lawyers, and again, they're handling a lot more cases now. They're able to handle everything from auto accidents and injuries as they did before, but they can also tackle the divorce, the family law, the custody, the child support, and hell, if you get traffic t- tickets or... If you're the squeegee kid that committed oh, murder. Too oh, too soon. Too soon. Too soon. Too soon. Too soon. Too well, well, either way, either way, call Powers, Hassan, and Herndon at 667-220-6500 anytime. You can call or text that number. Again, it's 667-220-6500. Call them anytime time and get the, ca- get the team at Bowers, Hassan, and Herndon on the case for you. Fred, all right, fellas. Before we jump in, like, it's been two weeks. It has, man. We all had the uh, uh, 4th of July. We took the week off. Yeah. Did you enjoy your week? I did, man. I actually uh, went down to the ocean. Thank you to the went Shamble the family. Hon? Went down to the ocean, Han. Spent a couple days down there with my mom, Dre. You know, hung out for a little while. <laughs> had, a, had a good time down at the ocean. You slipped into that way too that was easy. Really good. Yeah, <laughs> comes natural. Uh, <laughs> now, yeah, we had a, had a really good time. Uh, weather was great down there. Couldn't ask for 
anything more? How about you and the fam? Uh, we actually, on 4th of July, we actually went to the O's game. Nice. Uh, had a good time. It was fucking hot. Yeah. It was hot. 4th of July um, was hot. Yeah, it, it was rough out. But yeah, it was a good week. Went to the went to see uh, three or two games. Supposed to be a third game, but then uh, wound up not going to that third game. Wish I would have now. Uh, but yeah, it was uh, it was a great week uh, for me. Great, great week to spend with the family. That's so, awesome. How James, about you what about you, man? Did you have a good 4th of July? Uh, we're closed all week, so I was home, yeah. did some yard work. Uh, I went to the game and saw Adley's first home run at the yard. Oh, oh nice. The one that there. just snuck over, right? The yeah. one that snuck over and came back and they threw it in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was there for that. You know, they ha- they had to have that ball. Probably was going to sell for 500 bucks at the, <laughs> at the team store because that's what they do. They rip people off down there, like always. Um, but it was a good time. Uh, my son caught a, well, caught a ball, you know, one thing that, you know, we know Scott f- like catches was, like twelve say, of them. I at feel one like there's time. a joke coming here about me not catching balls. That was happening. Here. <laughs> no, I'm just saying Scott. Scott every time we nah, do nah, game, he's going to make like, a son joke because I was giving to my son because I'm catching uh, for my son. And so he's it? catching up because yeah. he gave he caught one and gave it to his son. So he was all ecstatic. <laughs> that was his first ball ever. That's awesome. So, you know, he was talking to everybody after he caught it, like waving around, and then he slept with it in his hand. He carried around no lie for two days straight. I was like, please. Put the ball away. <laughs> my my three year old likes to kick balls around the house, so he kicks football, soccer balls, volleyballs, basketballs. He kicks oh, it all. Need to get and, that under control. And it's not like you know where he misses it. He makes contact and hits everything. So I'm like, I know I know I why he hates Justin Tucker because he wants his son to be the next Justin Tucker. <laughs> nah, but, but it was a great time. Good. Just relax, you know. And then we you know did a golf alley. I got out two times yeah. for golf. So it was nice. Good. It was. It was a lot of fun. Drew, how about you? Fourth of July. Oh, uh, yeah. Went down the ocean. Down the ocean. <laughs> Five down, right. down the ocean. Uh, good. Yeah, you're right, though. Weather was. It was really good. Like, I think, yeah, Fourth of July was really hot Yeah. down there. But, you know, it was uh, spent a lot of time with the family down there. Good. It was a good, very good. Turn 35 on the, that yeah, Thursday man. before. Happy belated. We went play golf that day. That's right. That was great. I'm hooked on golf now. <laughs> uh, yeah, we had a few good golf. I'm already like, can I go ahead and get $800 golf clubs? Even though these guys gave me golf clubs, I could just <laughs> settle for it. Uh, I'm hooked now on golf. Yeah, let's go. That's awesome, there we go. man. Well, I can tell you one other thing that uh, we as a group, and I know fans are hooked right now, we're all hooked on this winning feeling Woo! down in Birdland, man. Let's talk some bros, bows, and O's. Give me a hell yeah. Give me a hell yeah. Hey, hold on, uh, one thing, one yeah, thing. Go fuck it. Buster Olney. Fuck Buster Olney. <laughs> fuck that guy. That's going to be a common theme tonight. Who? Yeah, that yeah, guy. Exactly, exactly. Team now 43 and 44, fellas. One game under 500. Yeah. No, nobody predicted this team to be at 500 at the, or just at 500 or just under 500 at this point during the season. And we're going to talk in a few minutes about really what this means for the rest of the season, the pace and everything that's going on. But uh, you have to look at this and it, it's an eight game win streak, but we just had a seven game homestand. Yeah. What does that mean, people? We just swept two straight series at home, that's which is what you streak. want. Exactly. <laughs> you sweep the Rangers and then you turn around and sweep the Angels. And some people go, oh, well, the Angels are are sucking right now. They're skidding. Fuck that. They got a half a billion dollars invested into <laughs> two, two players. players. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Which we did a pretty good job of holding back, yeah. holding d- down in this in this series. And, and again, Eight straight baby. Again, Woo! they're on the road now against the Cubbies. They're going into Chicago, and it's their final road trip before the All Star game, which we're going to get into the All Star announcements and all that stuff here shortly. 
But I, I think you really have to kind of first look at this. What does this 43 and 44 mean right now? And you really kind of were well, talking about it with, with what Rockabaco yeah, said. Yeah, I was going to say, Rockabaco summed this up pretty good. Uh, Orioles at 43 and 44 are now one game below 500 for the first time since opening day. Swept the homestand series of seven games for the first time, first time since 2004. Put that in respect in perspective. It's 2022 right now. That was 18 yeah. years ago. It's a long time. <laughs> Hadn't won eight games in a row since 2005. Uh, the victory today versus the Cubs would create a first nine-game winning streak since they won 13 in a row in September of 2003. I 2003. Think. Yeah. Yeah. It's been yeah. a long, long time since we've had that kind of stretch and that kind of play. Yeah. And, and a note from earlier in the week too. Uh, and get, I'm going to give credit to uh, Camden Revival on Twitter. Uh, they they kind of put this post out that the Orioles started the season 16 and 24 through May May 20th. And we've kind of talked about that stat before. I think we've used May 19th, right? Yeah. That was on pace for 65 and 97 mm -hmm. at that time. Which, honestly, at 65 wins over what they did last year, where they went 52 games last year, yep. whatever it was. It still would have been ecstatic. It still would have been ecstatic, <laughs> ecstatic about it. It still would have been improvement, yeah, right? 100%. So starting May 21st, they are 24 and 20. That's a pace of 88 and 74. If that, if that would have been their... The, their, full the, the, the full sample size. That would have been a pace for 88 and 74, which would be in the hunt for first place in the league, by the way. Second, actually, technically, I think, on pace for second place. But nearly the same record as the last time the Orioles made the playoffs. So it begs the question, and they answered it, what happened on May 21st? Good old Adley Rutschman came Adley up. Rushman. It doesn't matter, man. I know, you know, fans were a little, uh, I guess, underwhelmed with the offensive production when he first came up for the first couple weeks, and I get it. You know, I mean, he, he came up and he struggled. There's no doubt about it. But what first-year rookie player with that kind of hype behind him doesn't come up and struggle for a little while. We've, we've seen the numbers. We've seen the players. It's but, rare that somebody comes up and succeeds. But the impact that Adley Rutschman's had on this team goes way beyond what 100%. he brings in just his back. What's one of the first things you called out yeah. was him going out to the pitchers. Absolutely. We see it time, again, time and again. Every inning that Adley is the starting catcher out there, mm -hmm. or even when he comes in to pinch, he is going out to his pitchers. He's meeting his pitchers. The celebrations he's having with them after just strikeouts or or little yeah. little wins of getting out of the inning. The, that's what you want a guy to do. That's what you want, not just a catcher. Well, these two can sit here and make the jokes about the catcher. That's what you want out of a leader. Yeah, I don't care and where they are on the field. And it's not even just Adley, man. It's it's just the overall vibe around this team. I know winning changes a lot of that, obviously, right? When nobody likes to lose, right? But when you've got people like Adley coming up and those small little things, like you said, going out to the pitcher and, and getting them riled up in between innings and all that stuff, telling jokes, because I've, I've heard uh, uh, that oh. he'll drop like quick one-liners just to make the pitcher laugh and stuff like that. Loosen them up. It loosens them up. It keeps it, you know, it, it doesn't feel so much like work. It doesn't feel so much like business. It feels like oh, baseball. Oh, you mean they're having fun? Like they're having fun, <laughs> exactly. And I'll be honest with you, a guy that I have been – so up, down, left, right, B.A., select start, everything on. Rugnet Odor, he's been a huge part of that as far as the overall morale with this team and the vibe Ooh. with this team. Veteran leadership, who'd have thought? <laughs> yeah, right. Again, but it, it goes, if you look at the numbers, 
everything about Rugnit Adore says, get him the fuck out of here offensively, but it's beyond what he does at the plate right now. He'll have the occasional big hit in a big game, which he's done more than once this <laughs> yeah. season, and he's done it quite a few times, but his average, his power numbers, he, things he's lacking a little bit there, but again, the impact that he's had overall in this clubhouse has been it, huge. And we're going to get into some of these guys a little bit later and, and really what they bring and what maybe they don't bring and talk about some of them, but you know, I, I kind of want to take, take a second to talk about some of the takeaways from the homestand, right? Well, first... Go ahead, First go ahead. take with the homestand. Kudos to the fans for showing up, man. To see, yeah. what was it, 29,000 one day and then 32,000 the next. Yep. 33,000 next. Now, and get then it. I think it was, I I think know, it was 20, 24 uh, the following. I know these and the Hawaiian shirts are a big part of that. They're always the big but draw. But they still came out on Sunday. But there's, again, there's a vibe. There's an excitement. Uh, fans are getting excited about this team and getting excited about going down there for Camden Yards again. And it it looked good. It felt good. It was just, it took me so, back, especially these walk-offs that we've had. We'll talk about them. Took me back to those Delman Young vibes when the energy was just so here, insane. So here's the deal. Even though it was fucking hot on 4th of July, people were there. Even though floppy hats and, and the Hawaiian shirts, people were there. What used to happen in years past was people would show up for these Get things their shit and, leave. and roll. Yep. People stayed. That 30, 33,000, there was at least 30,000 in the stands. Absolutely. For, dur during the fifth inning, sixth inning, they were there. They were present. They were locked in. You never, that's the thing about this team is there's just, there's no quit. Yeah. There's no quit in this team. They're, I don't care how far they're down, it feels, feels, as if they could come back from anything. And what we're hearing is that's the vibe in the locker room, too. And that's the thing. Like, they're they're winning these games in all different ways. They're winning it with the comebacks. They're winning it one to nothing. They're winning two to one games. Who would have thought with this hodgepodge of pitchers that we have in the starting rotation that we'd be holding teams to one, two, and even shutouts, you yeah. know, on occasion, right? And we're talking about, again, on a lineup, in, in the Angels that showcase Mike Trout, Shohei Otani, two of the best hitters in the game. I know they're struggling right now compared to their normal career numbers, but still to be able to hold them down like we did, it shows that they're winning in every which way. We talked last year about this, this team and like the one-run games last year towards the end of the – especially the second half of the season mm -hmm. about how, God, there was a lot of one-run games. Well, guess what, guys? We're on the good side of those one-run games this yeah. year. And since Adley has been brought up, we're seeing that. And, Chuck, you brought up uh, what's our record if we were in the NL Central or West. And you're right, because here's the deal. If we're in the NL Central, we're tied for second with Cleveland. Right. If we're in the West, we're in third, right? We are last in the toughest division in baseball, the division that holds four of the six playoff spots right now. Are you kidding me? Yeah, it's insane, dude. It's And it's, we're still in the hunt because we're only two games behind this, that second playoff spot or that third playoff spot. Ryan and I were talking about this the other day. What is the curse? Oh, you mean bandwagoner? What is the curse <laughs> on Maryland, the state of Maryland, to have all these sports teams in some of the toughest fucking divisions in all of sports? You think of the AFC North and what it's been over the years, the AL East and what it's been over the years. Yeah. You got Maryland in the Big Ten. You got all these like powerhouse programs and teams that are in these really, really tough divisions but it doesn't matter again yeah. you could say that they're last place Orioles 
They're two games back of a playoff spot right now, mm-hmm. and I never would have thought we'd be talking about this halfway and, through this season. And even when at times when the when the bats <laughs> seem to be struggling, the pitching is on, right? And if the, when the pitching's on, the the bats may be dulled down a little bit, but they'll come alive later in the in the game. We're, we're going to talk later about some guys like Austin Hayes and Rudy Odor, who after the seventh inning have some of the best averages in all of baseball. Right. Right. So you have to look at that. And and of the seven game homestand. Right, five of them were one-run games. So I just talked about that. Right. Then you have three walk-offs, two in extras, and the Mariners won in the ninth. Uh, the Mariners uh, two extras in the Mariners games, and then one in the ninth inning versus the Angels. So three walk-offs of seven, five of seven being one-run games. It's just great to kind of see them flipping and turning the page here. Drew, how you feeling about the Orioles, man? How you feeling about the vibe down at Camden Yards? Man, it's like you said. I I, I watched. Uh, all weekend except for like uh, Saturday night's game, but then catch the highlights of it. Like you watch a game on TV, and like you just yeah, like the upper deck, uh, which fine, let the upper deck like not really show a lot of fans because that's good because it means they're all like in where the the camera catches more. <laughs> but like you watch the game on TV, it's just like you can hear it and you can feel like just the excitement and like you said, it and just the you know the floppy hats right. etc. Uh, it's just really. It's just cool after 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 dealing with all the shit the last couple of years. Like we know, like we're the kind yeah. of fans, like we know. But to deal with the you know the fans that want to just poo poo everything or the national media, like we've what already you mean, like Buster only, fuck Buster only, Buster type of thing. <laughs> we warned you guys. This I was going to be a lot of it, but it's just going to keep put the kiddies to bed or put us on mute. So like, yeah. uh, it, it, it has Close captioning. <laughs> it might not be. I mean, it'd be awesome. if It was the same result as 2012. But it does have that 2012 vibes it because mm-hmm. during 2012, granted, like it's different now because you know we know the full and rebuild they're in compared to what they used to do, where we just patchwork teams, not rebuild teams. Yeah, going in like it, like 2012, it was just so cool, like to be like, oh man, this tastes so good. Like you were ready for the shoe to fall. Like even if I feel like the shoe's gonna fall this time, it still feels really good. So that's what I'm saying. Like just. Automatically for me, it's got the 2012 vibes all over again. What about you, James? How you feeling about the yard? Uh, like I said, I went down Thursday night. Yeah, I went down Thursday night to the game, and it was a totally different atmosphere. Like normally, I would park at uh, University of Maryland Hospital. Yeah, but being with my kids, I paid. You can go on the Orioles website. You can pay for parking pass right, right. there. Ten dollars. Ten bucks. Yeah. It's funny. You That's why I did. You go on StubHub, they're selling for $110. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Which you makes know? no sense because there's plenty of parking yeah, in that lot, too. Parking. Inflation, so baby. Inflation. I didn't know that. My buddy told me that. It's That's when great, it's packed. It's a great idea. Yeah. So it was. It, it's great because when you're walking there, you have everybody around us because there's some shady people around there still. And uh, so we get in there, and it's like a whole different atmosphere like from a year ago. Like right. You're actually starting to walk where you have to, like, you know, excuse me, like, watch your... Before, you used to be, like, throwing your elbows around because you had plenty of room. <laughs> totally different atmosphere. It was great to be there. Even the food tastes better when, when you start. Oh, yeah. The, <laughs> food yeah. the, over the beer's colder and the yeah. food is better. On, beer, Friday, fuck yeah. <laughs> on Friday, they, they ran out of I, – I don't know how you do this. They ran out of mac and cheese for the mac and cheese hot dogs. <laughs> the, mac, the, the crab mac. So they were just taking hot dogs and putting crab meat on them. Sounds like something Applebee's would do. <laughs> Eating good in the neighborhood. Yeah. <laughs> but no, it, it's, it, it is a different atmosphere. It feels different. It, it, it's one of those things that people 
and Drew, you kind of said it, and I was sitting here thinking, like, what's the perfect way to sum this up? The floppy hats on the Hawaiian shirts bring the people in, but they stayed because yeah, of this team. Yeah, they stay there because of the team. Yeah. And that's Absolutely. and they're loud too. Like, I mean, granted, you have to you have to keep them in. I get that. Like, if you're if you're getting if you're getting run eight nothing, like you would have seen last year, or you know something like that. Yeah, but, obviously the fifth inning if they're down by eight or something, but they're not. Like the the starting pitching and all the pitching in general keeps you in it. That you get to that point where uh, Friday night's game, where you're, you, you know what I, I mean, where you, you went four straight hits to win a walk off, like it's from stuff being, like that is insane. From being there Friday, and and I think all of you guys can understand where I'm coming from because I think we, I think we view it all mostly the same way. The fans didn't start the wave until the bottom of the seventh. Fuck the wave. Yeah, but fuck no, the no, wave. But my point is, the wave is the wave, usually comes, the wave usually comes out when people are bored, not paying attention. Yeah, right? Right, that's true. That's and so point. to not see that until the seventh inning, I was like, people are engaged. people stayed in it, and then it went away once they started scoring. Yeah. It went away, and it was like, oh yeah, here we go. <laughs> this want- is this is 2014 all over again. The 2012s where people are locked in, they're engaged. And you're, you're excited about what's happening. And that's one of the things that you really want to continue to see. Go ahead, James. I can't stand the fucking wave. And when I was there <laughs> Thursday night, they tried doing it. And I, I don't mind it. They're trying to do it when the Orioles are at bat. I can't fucking stand it, dude. Oh, I'm that- trying to watch it. And they're like, two. And, and my son was like, look at this guy over here. Like, so loud. He's been drinking all day. And I'm like, you know what? I can't I understand. I don't mind doing it when they're in the outfield or, you know. I never liked it. I've never, I never stand up for it. I can't stand when sticking the Orioles are fine, I don't care. <laughs> I give the half-ass, like, I also, you're better than me. I don't fucking, I'm on so my here's, phone. I don't. Here's my deal. I You hate when, when the Orioles are at bat because you don't like people standing up. I hate when they do it when we're pitching because now, it's it's get, especially when it gets behind the, the pitcher See, or it's on the other side. Don't do it because it's dumb. How about so, we just eliminate it all together like Buster Oney? Get rid of right. both. <laughs> my whole point in that is people were engaged, yeah. right? That's no, what was you. great to see. And, and you pointed and, out what Dan Vetti had to say on Twitter. Well, here's a couple things, right? What I really like about this team, again, it's it's not just one, two, three, four guys that are contributing and that are carrying the load, man. It's it's guys, Voth, where the fuck did he come from, right? And he's pitching and like, first, he's pitching first like outing crazy. Or two, it didn't look good. But, Baker, yeah. he's coming out of nowhere and pitched really well lately. Like, you're getting contributions yeah. from everywhere. You're getting it from starting pitching, from your bullpen. Your bullpen has been phenomenal. I know, obviously, Jorge Julio, or Jorge Julio, <laughs> Jorge <laughs> Lopez had a little bit of a rough stretch there for three games, but... Uh, Speaking of Lopez, Rebounded. man, we, we, we talked about the potential all-star game nominees, how many would the Orioles get, more than like they were just going to get <sighs> We're going to go down this road, aren't we? Let's let's go down this road, All man. Right. Jorge it's a good Lopez, road, but it's a bad road. Jorge Lopez named your 2022 all-star yeah. representative for the yeah, Orioles. Yeah, hell yeah. Pretty awesome, man. Pretty awesome. Uh, this is a guy... I mean, he has been through through it all, man. I yeah. mean, he's been up, down, every which way with this team Profe- and even prior to that with the Royals. Professionally and personally. Yeah, he really uh, has. The, the situation with his son, for those of you that don't know, has had a son that's had some illnesses and some some issues, and his son's a fighter and been given a lot of attention by the Orioles themselves. Uh, and and you saw teammates- how emotional that uh, Brandon Hyde was about Jorge Lopez getting yeah. the nomination because of that, because mm-hmm. of what he's been through, what his family's been through, um, and for him to persevere through all of that. 
uh, and have the kind of year that he's having right here. I mean, it's it's well deserved. Yeah, I mean that. You, <laughs> on the flip side, it just helps him take care of his son and take care of his family. You know, yeah. he's going to get the extra money for the All Star nod and everything like that. But I mean, you got to really break down, uh, think about what this guy is. You know, you mentioned he was with the with the Royals. He was a 2020 waiver claim. Yeah, we picked him up off of waivers. The Royals said you can go down to the minors. We don't care what happens to you. That's how done they were with him. Well, here's the deal. When we picked him up, he had 33 games in 2021. He had a 6.07 ERA, a 74 ERA plus, which is ridiculous. And that was through 33 games in the, the 25 uh, spots that he had. At, yeah, 25 at starts. 25 starts. Games. Thank you. Yep. They moved him to the bullpen. 38 appearances in 2022. He has pitched to a 1.74 ERA and a 2.30 ERA plus, which is amazing. Among closers with at least 10 saves, he has pitched more innings than any of them with 41 and a third. He has gone back to back to back in these games. Uh, I mean, he's he's been available whenever Brandon Hyde and, and the club needs him. It, it's it doesn't matter how many days rest he does or doesn't have. It doesn't matter. Four or five out saves. Like, Absolutely. Yeah. No matter what, doesn't yeah. matter. Like I'm going out there. Exactly. I know. Like I said, I know he had that little bit of a rough stretch there when he was in Minnesota, and that's bound to happen. It happens to even the best of them. You think back a, a few years back when uh, Zach Britton had that phenomenal mm-hmm. year that he had leading yeah. up to his All Star game. Right after the All Star game break he had a little bit of a rough patch it happens to even the best of them but uh to, i always said that even when he was here and he was starting that his stuff worked his stuff yeah. worked at this level it just didn't work anything beyond two or three times through yeah. the order once you got to that third time he became hittable but his stuff works uh, he's got the right mentality. It doesn't seem like the big moment becomes too much for him. No. He's very calm. He's uh, more relaxed coming in out of the bullpen. Absolutely. And you got a guy, you know, in Felix Bautista behind him who's throwing 100, 101. Set up man like crazy. At this, this back end of this bullpen, really the bullpen as a whole, but the back end of this bullpen is set up for future success. 100%. Not just this year. It's set up for many years of success well, if he sticks and, around. And I wish we had the audio clip, but but Lopez, his comments on the whole thing, he said, to add this to my career, my family, it's huge. Uh, and this was just hours after, after being told this. He said, I've been thinking about it a lot. Just not me. It's my son who deserves this. He's the one who's been motivating me. He's the one uh, who, when I get here every day to do my job, I'm living my dream. Uh, so it, it's just really great to see. And again, this was right after it got announced. And he, you know, you saw the, the Orioles putting out the video of him kind of, he, you could see him choking back the emotion. Absolutely. Um, and he's, they said he's not like a super emotional guy as it is, but just it, for him, it, you could tell it meant something. And he basically said, I couldn't do this without you guys. So I thank you. Right. And, and his team embraced him. So it's just, Again, it just goes back to there being something different about this team. But with that being said, every year I know we can point and kind of say, oh, this guy got snubbed or this guy got snubbed. And so I want to take a second. I feel like there's an argument for a few. Now, granted, across all of MLB, Tim Kirkton and and Fuckbuster only uh, were talking about it. And they talked about how, you know, Kirkton said that he left some guys off that he you know, thought well, like he's like I'm looking back and I'm going, okay, is it this guy or this guy? Because I got to pick one. Right. Um. So it, it's there could be snubs. I get it, but just let's talk about a few guys first. And yeah. and the guy that I want to talk about first, the guy that made it last year, because he was comeback player of the year last year. They brought him in for the home run derby. I'd love to see it. him come back in the home run derby this year. His name wasn't announced, but man, I'd no. love to see him back because he finished in the finals. He, he did. Went to the finals. He did, and he's he's feeling better now this right. year, right? So you know he. 
with Trey Mancini, his average in the AL is he's hitting 284. He's 19th in the AL. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's not that's that's pretty good, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and that's not counting. That's not like limiting appearances. So some of these guys that have higher averages have lower number of appearances. Yeah. So it, it, it's a possible it's there. But he's also 19th in OBP at 358. He is a guy that is a leader. He's doing well. He's leading this team. And I think there's there's a part of you that kind of hopes he does come back for the home run derby and hope that they do announce it. I think so far they've announced uh, what Albert Pujols, which was a crazy one to see, uh, but good for Miguel him. Miguel Cabrera. Miguel they're Cabrera. The two, like commissioner. Or actually, no, no, no Miguel Cabrera's not a home run derby. I'm thinking All-Star Yeah, game, they're sorry. both in the All-Star game, but yeah. they, Miguel Cabrera, uh, Albert Pujols, Juan Soto, uh, Ronald Acuna Jr. are all in the, uh, and oh, Pete Alonso are all in the home run derby as of right now. I haven't seen any, I didn't see any get announced today, but I also wasn't looking. Um, so Trey Mancini is the first guy that I think you could kind of, you could start to make an argument. Nobody on, uh, on the Orioles, I think, is necessarily like a... <sighs> By stat, the the stat line yeah. is blowing everything out of the water. But you so have to take the full picture. That's, I think is what that, you gotta look that's at. kind of where I looked at this whole thing was you knew you were going to have one representative. And I thought out of the entire group, I thought Trey Mancini's probably had the most consistent year th- from start to finish, right? Uh, Austin Hayes was on a crazy pace. <laughs> when he was up near 300, he was hitting 300. Yeah. He very easily should have and would have been the Orioles' representative for the All-Star game. But He, he has is, the highest batting average after the seventh inning in MLB. He has gone completely ice cold over the last, you know, I'd say yeah, 10 right to 15 games. It, it's been pretty rough the last Right after games. the cycle. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Well, and, I mean, he's not even hitting 100. Part it's, of that, it's been bad. Part of that, too, we learned just the other day that he was sat two games because his wrist was apparently bothering him. Uh, which I saw Friday night. He had two throws into second base Friday night that just looked horrible. Right, and it was like, okay, what are you? Is he okay? And the next day he gets sat him uh, Saturday and Sunday. He's he gets sit or sat because of his wrist issue. Yeah. So clearly there might have been something wrong, or and he's just been putting it off and kind of hiding it or whatever. And now they're kind of getting him back to being comfortable. So hopefully he comes back in this Cubs series and can kind of show what he's yeah, back to. And what was good about that is you almost kind of seamlessly saw. Austin and Cedric kind of shift roles where Cedric was struggling and Austin was doing good. Austin comes down and Cedric starts hitting yeah. well, right? Like they kind of flip flop positions. Uh, actually, Cedric's hitting better average for the year now than yeah. Austin Hayes is. Uh, so as much as everybody and all the fans want to say Austin Hayes should have made it, you were right. If the season would have ended after, uh, it's okay. If the season would have ended after maybe the first week of June, then, yeah, I think Austin Hayes would be an all-star. But yeah. you got to account for all the games, and he's had a really, really struggle. Uh, he struggled for you know the last three weeks or so. Yeah, another guy that – and this just this stat is obviously a comparison stat, but Mountcastle, right, he's had some good games. He's tied for 11th in slugging percentage with Shohei Otani at 491. Yeah. That's there's, a power guy. There's no doubt that Ryan Mountcastle could very easily be in the home run derby. That's what I was going to go with. I'd love to see that. I would love to see that. I don't think he's an all-star. I really don't think anybody. There's there's all-star statistics about mm-hmm. certain individuals on this team. I think Jorge Mateo is tied for the league lead in stolen bases right now, right? Yep. So there's, there's certain things that this club is doing. But, again, that's why this club is being so successful right now because it's not one or two all-star players that are carrying them. 
this entire team is contributing in their own way. So the, the only thing I would say about Mateo, right, is Mateo, not only is he tied for first in the with 21 steals, but he's also tied for fifth with three triples in the league. And he also is third in the league in defensive assists. He's barely hitting over 200 as an average. I, and, and that's I, why and I'll I never get, be at all. Right, sorry. and I get that. I'm saying there, there's those stats that you kind of start going, okay, boom, that stat checks, that yeah. stat checks, that stat checks. But then you flip and you look at the main stat that everybody looks at. And that's where I think it, it's frustrating because you have some of the guys out there that maybe didn't deserve to be on the all-star ballot or on the all-star team, but made it because of a popularity contest. But most of them this year, this year is the the the, the year that I would give the pass. Yeah. That this year, most of the guys that were elected the All Star team, like uh, what's his name, Kirk, uh, yeah. for Toronto, don't completely deserve it as catcher. Looks like an auto mechanic, uh, but somehow he plays baseball very well. <laughs> He's he him and then the guy, oh, the guy for the Brewers, and then the other guy that looked like they're just they're big. They're they were standing dudes. next to each other, like a beer league softball team. Yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly, exactly. But yeah, I, I think and again Mullins right tied for fourth in stolen bases at 16, tied for 11th in hits with 88, tied for fifth with uh, doubles with 23. And then the other guy, this is the guy that I think would would be the home run derby guy. Anthony Santander is tied for 15th in the league with 15 home runs, but he leads the Orioles. Yeah. I'd love to see him in that. And then if somebody wants to pick him up after that, we'll see what happens. I think, I think Santander, uh, yes, he leads the Orioles in home runs right now, but – there's nothing about him that's the wow factor with his home runs. You know, Trey Mancini got into it last year because of the feel good story with yeah. it, and he performed great at the <laughs> all, at, at the home run derby. Performed way better than I ever would have expected him to. But Mount Castle to me brings that wow factor the to power. a home run derby. Like he'll hit it out of the stadium type of power. Like he also has the, he also has the bigger build like that, the taller build. Exactly, and I mean he can hit a ball a country mile. That's what excites me about Mount Castle and the potential of him being in home run derby. Yeah. Well, We'll see. Orioles have always been wildly successful when they've been in home run derbies. For whatever reason, we have a pretty good track record. Of it, it works. It does. Um, let's take a second just to tell everybody the the actual all-star rosters. Go for it, man. Uh, so I'll do the American League. You do the National League. Okay. Um, so the American League, the starters, Alejandro Kirk from the Blue Jays is starting catcher. First baseman, slam dunk for me, Vlad Guerrero Jr. Blue Jays, again, no-brainer to me. Uh, second baseman, Jose Altuve. Without the mic. For- Huh? Without the mic. Uh, without, yeah, all right, whatever. <laughs> Third baseman, Rafael Devers from the Red Sox. Shortstop, Tim Anderson from the White Sox. And then your outfield is made up of Aaron Judge from the Yankees, Mike Trout from the Angels, and Giancarlo Stanton from the Yankees. And then your DH, Shohei Otani, is is there. As far as your reserves, Jose Trevorino uh, for your catcher. You then have Luis Arez, Xander Bogarts, Jose Ramirez, and Andreas Yemenez uh, for your infield. For your outfield, George Springer, Byron Buxton, Andrew Benintendi. Byron Buxton is having an MVP type year. That guy uh, is yes, on fire. Yes, he is on fire. Which, again, that's where, where I have an issue that he, he should be one of the starters as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, he should be starting over Mike Trout. That's their popularity contest. 100%. Um, Kyle Tucker out of the Astros and Julio Rodriguez from the Mariners. Um, again, a young, another deserving outfielder the way he's been playing. Uh, he's been a, a five-tool player. And then Jordan Alvarez uh, was a, selected as the DH. He's going to miss due to injury. He just he literally they announced it and he went on the IL right after, yeah. right before they announced it. Uh, so JD Martinez uh, was the injury replacement for Alvarez, and the commissioner's office has started a legacy pick. And this year, for 
for the American League, as we mentioned, Miguel Cabrera for the Tigers. Your pitchers, Shane McLennan, Nestor Cortez, having an amazing year, Cy yeah, Young type year out of him. Uh, Alec Manoa, Framber Valdez, uh, Martin Perez, Paul Blackburn, Justin Verlander, Garrett Cole, Shohei Otani. Again, he's another guy that this is, a, what, the second year yeah. now that he's been selected as both. Uh, Clay Holmes, Emmanuel Clace, or I'm sorry, Gregory Soto and Jorge Lopez round out that pitching staff. So pretty impressive, man. It's the second straight season. Hotani has been chosen both as a hitter and as a pitcher. Mm -hmm. No one else in history has ever done that. So it's pretty impressive. Not even the babe. Go ahead, James. I, I think they messed up. Stanton should not be on there as the outfield. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, there's other players that play every day in the outfield that are better than him. They should have, like, put him in as another DH or or a guy in. But there's so many other deserving people to be in there. Even if they took one of the, the outfielders on the reserve and put him in there and put um, Staten on the reserve, Staten doesn't play every day out in the outfield. So that's that's a bunch of shit right there. I, yeah. I agree with you. And, again, it comes down to that whole popularity contest. We know how it is. At MLB, NFL, it's all a popularity contest when it's it annoying. comes to the All-Star games, right? National League starters, I'll go down this list real quick. Catcher, Wilson Contreras from the Cubs. Paul Goldschmidt, still one of the best hitters yeah. in the league for the Cardinals. Another MVP-type year for him. Uh, Chaz Chisholm for the Marlins. He's a guy that's on fucking fire. Yep. Watch for that kid Former Oriole, I'm still sad about it. Manny Machado starting at third base for the Padres. Trey Turner, the guy that slides the best I've ever seen somebody slide <laughs> in my life. Uh, Ronald Acuna Jr. from the Braves. Mookie Betts, Jock Peterson all make up your I, outfield. I have to say I have no problem with any of those. Yeah, yeah. no, all of the well, National League, National League starters are all pretty injury, man. The come back and, like, not skip a beat is amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. D.H. Uh, Bryce Harper for the Phillies. He's obviously going to miss the game due to the injury that he had. Uh, I think forgot who hit him. It was one of his buddies. Um, oh, um, yeah, because he was yelling at it. They were yeah. yelling at each other. He's like, I know it's not your fault. Blake Don't Snell. worry about it. Blake, Blake, Blake Snell. Snell, that's yeah, right. Go. Yeah. Uh, National League Reserves, uh, Travis Ardenaud from the uh, Braves, Nolan Arenado from the Cardinals, Pete Alonzo from the Mets, Jeff McNeil from the Mets. The Mets are on fire. Yeah. You're welcome for Buck Showalter. Uh, <laughs> CJ Crone from the Rockies, uh, Dansby Swanson also from the Braves, the Outfield Reserves, Kyle, Kyle Scharber from the Phillies, uh, Juan Soto from the Nats, Sterling Marte from the Mets, Ian Hatt from the Cubs. The DH, William Contreras from the Braves, Garrett Cooper from the Marlins is the injury replacement for Harper. Uh, and as you mentioned, the legacy pick from the commissioner, Albert Pujols for the Cardinals. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. And, Who's and, obviously not having a great year statistically or anything like that, but this is probably the farewell for Albert Pujols. I know he's, I think he's at like 686 now total home runs. I'm, I'm sure he's aiming for 700. He wants yeah. to get to that plateau. Uh, so he's 14 away. I don't know if he's going to hit that this year. Depends on how much yeah. they play him out there. So I doubt it. Another cool stat about this game. Uh, that has an Orioles tie, and uh, it is the fact that the Contreras brothers are the first set of brothers to start an all-star game since Roberto and Sandy did it in 92, right. i.e. Baltimore. It was here in Baltimore, so there's your Baltimore tie and a guy that played for the, Bal for the Baltimore Orioles and Roberto. Uh, so, yeah, it, it's it, this game's going to be interesting. Uh, I, I, I have to say I wasn't a fan of the uniforms. The black and gold, the uh, the black and gold, and the white and gold. I think I like the black and gold. I think I looks good. Like it's clean. The black and gold looks good. The white and gold. I don't like. Yeah. I just, it just didn't, not enough contrast. Like maybe. Yeah. Okay. I think. I, I think if they would have done like a, a platinum. I really like the hats. The hats are pretty cool. I'm probably gonna order one for the Orioles. If they would have done cool. like a platinum, like or like a silver on the the white jersey instead of the gold, I think it would have popped a little bit more. So it would have had that that like 
contrast to yeah. your point, I think it would have looked good. But no, I just wasn't a fan. I just wasn't yeah. a fan. So. I'm not a fan of the Soto pick. The Soto pick? Not yeah. a fan, huh? Nah. Uh, yeah, I mean, the Nats are struggling right now. Soto's another popular player. You know, yeah, that's just a fan vote. There, no, man. no, it's not. Pass. The one that the Nat player that did get snubbed uh, is Josh Bell. Josh Bell's having a great yeah. year, and the fact that he wasn't the Nats representative and Soto was uh, kind of tells you that it is a popularity contest. But, you know, listen, listen, we're almost at the halfway point now for the season, right? And around this time, we start looking at the standings. We start looking at usually for the last couple of years, we started planning like, okay, how many more games do we need to lose to get the number one overall pick? Like, where are we at in that, right? When's training camp? Right, exactly. When's training camp for the Ravens? Which is less than a month away now. Uh, or actually, the first preseason game is less than a month away from now. Uh, so it's a very different outlook this year, right? And this is kind of where I want to have this discussion with you guys because do you really buy into this team being two games out of a playoff spot, do you really think that they're contenders or is this more of a fool's gold thing? Do you think that or, you know they'll come down to reality in the second half or are they going to continue this trend? So here's the deal. You're 10 days away from a two-month trend. At that yeah. point, that's a viable trend. We're not talking yeah. about a week. We're not talking about two weeks. You're right. We're talking about a two-month trend of this team trending upwards. Right. You took two. You're taking multiple series. You're one game away from 500. You're in a division. You're in the toughest division in baseball, and you're only two games out of that. Out of the fourth place team, you're two. You're two games out of that, and that fourth place team holds the last wild card spot. Right. In the playoffs, it is quite possible. I'm not saying that this team is going into the playoffs. But I think what we do need to recognize is if this team keeps trending the way they're trending, if they're playing in the way that they are, which I know we're going to talk about trades here and shortly, you have to kind of look at it and say, if you're not going, well, okay, I mean, they could potentially make it. If you're not doing that, you're not paying attention. At this point, I'm bought into what is going on with this team. Uh, again, to your point, you know, they're real close to this being a two month trend since Adley Rutschman got called up where things have really, really turned for the positive for this team. Right. So that begs the question. I guess the better question is with the trade deadline coming up, are we buying or are we selling? We always said going into this year was another year in the rebuild process, was another year away from us being a competitive baseball team. Nobody in this room, nobody in this chat room, I don't care what you say now, at the beginning of this year believed this team would be in playoff contention this season, right? So the discussion has always been about what pieces do we potentially give away at the trade deadline to try to get some more prospects to continue this build, right? Yeah. And we can still have that conversation if we think that that is the right direction for this team. But we have an interesting twist. You're two games out of a playoff spot, right? You're four games out of being second place in the best division in baseball right now. Four games. Do we kind of go down that path where we say, you know what? Maybe we're not. Maybe we're not trading pieces away for the future. Maybe we're trading pieces away to try to solidify the rotation, solidify the depth, get another bat, whatever it may be, to put us over the top to be a competitive team and actually go after a playoff spot this year. So I, I think it, I think it's too early right now, right? And that's weird to say. 
but we still have about a month left. I think it's is Don't it. Don't try uh, to skate the question. I'm going to answer the question. Chill. <laughs> August 4th is, I believe, the, the trade deadline. Right? Is I don't know exactly what the date is. I know it's coming up. Look, but it's somebody sure. look it up. I think it's August 4th or August 8th. One of those dates is standing out in my head. So with that being said, we're, we, ha we still have about four weeks. Yeah. August 2nd. August 2nd. Okay, so I thought it was the 4th for some reason. So August 2nd. Okay, so you're, you're three, three and a half weeks away. I think you wait to see where you are two weeks from now. If you are still within feasible striking distance, meaning the two to four games, mm -hmm. or better, I think you have to really contemplate holding the course. If the offer comes out, and you're saying you're you're made an offer for starting pitching, a solid number one, number two type relief type pitcher. I might be willing to part with some of our minor league trade pieces, but that pitcher cannot be a a half year rental. Yeah, it has to come with it has to come with a contract for next year already in place. And that that's kind of where my head's at with it too. Is like. I, you know, beginning of this year, I was kind of wrapping my mind around this being Trey Mancini's last year as an Oriole, and if he performs the way we expect him to perform, we're probably going to get a couple of mid-tier prospects for him, and it is what it is. It's just part of this process, right? It's going to mm -hmm. suck, but it's part of the process. I'm not on board with that right now because Trey Mancini is doing so well and because he is that you know, that veteran presence that we talk about in a competitive team. He's a cake. He's, right? He's the modern day cakes he in, is, the, in the clubhouse. But again, it changes the perspective because we are in competition right now. Mm -hmm. We are yeah. a competitive baseball team. So am I still open to trading a Trey Mancini? I am, but only for the right prospects. Am I open to trading some of our outfield depth prospects that we have or, or an Anthony Santander? Or God forbid, even a Cedric Mullins. Am I entertaining those things? If I'll the return, the <laughs> if the return value is impactful enough that it helps us right now, I don't want to take a hope and a dream on a guy that's 18, 19, 20 years old down in the minors who shows promise, but he's still a couple years away. If we're going to trade those pieces now because we're competitive, I want somebody who's going to come in and make an immediate impact. And I think starting pitching is the biggest need for this team. We do have depth in the outfield, yeah. right? We do have some depth in the minor leagues with prospects in the outfield. We don't have a ton of starting pitching depth. Now, I know there's been some rumors that were floating around social media today that said Elias has checked in on availability of a couple of starting pitchers, one of them being red starting pitcher Luis Castillo. He's 29 years old. He's got a year and a half, so this mm -hmm. rest of this season and one extra year of team control left before free agency. 12 starts this year. He's got a 2.92 ERA, a 9.38K per nine innings, and a 1.10 whip. That is a true number one, number two type of pitcher. I don't know if those numbers correlate to the AL East. That'll probably be a full run difference, so he's probably a number two, especially when Grayson mm -hmm. and DL and those guys get here. But that's a piece that at least you have a year and a half control. The only thing I'm not super excited about with him, he is 29 years old, right? So I'm not saying he's old, but he's probably got maybe four or five years of really good baseball yeah. left in the tank with him. Now, the other name that was floated around today 
is a Marlins starting pitcher. We all know the Orioles like dealing with the Marlins. We've done mm-hmm. it plenty of times in the past. Their starting pitcher, Pablo Lopez, the Orioles apparently checked in on. He's 26. He's got two and a half years of team control. And has not looked bad. And has not looked bad the entire time he's been up. He'd two be and a, a half solid years. He's 2.91 ERA, 8.91 Ks per nine, and a 1.07 whip. And again, this is a similar dimension ballpark uh, to Camden Yards, the way that the Marlins field is now laid out versus what the, the Orioles yeah. stadium's laid out. So you'd have similar type production there. Yeah, uh, obviously going field. Up, obviously going up much better lineups in the AL East versus the NL East. Uh, but that would be a name that, again, I would entertain, I think more so than Luis Castillo, if I had the choice on both. Yeah, I, I think I agree with that. I think my, my big thing, again, is I, it, it cannot be a half-year rental. Whatever you get, has there has to be value in the future because in all reality, right, we're not – we're not winning the AL East right now, right? The AL East is going to be the Yankees. Yankees are projected 104 wins as of the other day, mm-hmm. right? So, and I think the Orioles are projected around 75 now, which, hell yeah, I was thinking it was going to be, I was like, I think they can maybe get to 65. Like, I'll be happy. Yeah. 70 would be awesome. I think if we went back, we would all, we all kind of said that. That'd be amazing. And here we are. We're standing and we're saying, this team could be 75 wins, but not only that. They could be in contention for a playoff spot. Right. So I, I think the, the 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 piece here is you need some you need a veteran on that that starting rotation that's not Jordan Lyles. Which Jordan Lyles, when we signed him, we talked about him being a trade piece. If he can come in and show that he can pitch a lot of innings and keep his ERA low in this division, he's done all those things. So we're at that point of do we trade Jordan Lyles? Do we keep Jordan Lyles? Yeah. Do we add to Jordan Lyles and continue to go on this playoff? Run? And I, I think that's that's the thing is you gotta you gotta you're gonna have if you do that you have to get another piece in mm-hmm. that's a future piece and an and a now piece and a guy like Lopez, Pablo Lopez would be that for me because exactly. because of that extra team control. The, the thing that you have to then look at is if you are going to go get somebody. It's going to take those prospects. Mm-hmm. And you you look at the guys that you want to be brought up right now, right? The guys that we're all itching, the D.L. Halls, the Gunnar Hendersons, the Jordan Westbergs, Taryn Bavra, Kyle Stowers. These are guys that people are going to covet mm-hmm. and that people are going to say, if we're going to go get a number one, like, I'm not saying it's happening, right? But if you wanted to go get a, a Clayton Kershaw in his prime S type pitcher, yeah. Right, you have to give away the whole farm. That's not happening. But that's my point: is you got to be willing to part ways with some of these guys, whether it's this year or next year. Right, you're gonna have to part ways ways so, with some of these guys to make a thing, and it could be in this off season. So the question that I have for you, since you asked the question, you know, are, are you willing? And I, I'm willing to entertain, but I, I think we hold steadfast. I don't think you break up this, this locker room a whole lot right now. I think you bring in something, you bring in some some experience or some veteran or or even a young guy that can give you dominance on the pitching side. And I think that's how you hold steady. But on the flip side, my question to you is of those guys that we just named, it is likely that if we make a trade, whether it's this season or it's in the offseason, one of those guys is likely to be in that situation to be talked about. Yeah. Who are you most willing to be understanding of letting go? If you're getting something in return so, back for it. Yeah. So if we're going after a guy like, uh, you know, 
like a Pablo Lopez. Like you said, he's 26 years old. He's got two and a half years of team control. It's going to cost a good bit of money, right? He's an MLB pitcher who is holding his own at 2.92 ERA. It's going to cost a good bit. If we're not talking about anybody that's on the active 25-man roster right now, and we're just talking about... It's not about, player for players, player we're for prospects. We're just talking about lower-level prospects, you know, AAA and lower. Um I'd be willing to give up some of our depth. You know, a guy like Gunnar Henderson can come in and play right away. We don't have a ton of people at shortstop behind him, right? Okay. Jordan Westberg, he's another guy at third base. We've got a couple options there. Kobe Mayo, which I'm very high on. I would hate to see him go, but I would understand it because you have a guy like Westberg in front of him. Uh, or, you know, a piece like in the outfield. You've got Colton Kowser, right? You've got Heston Kerstad. You've got these guys that... Who just got promoted, by the way. Who did just get promoted to, to, to Aberdeen, <laughs> right? But these are guys that... Yes, we haven't seen them reach their potential yet, but we don't know what that potential still is. And we have depth there, right? If we're mm -hmm. committing, if we're not trading anybody on the 25-man the and we're committing that Cedric Mullins, Austin Hayes, these two guys are going to be a centerpiece of our outfield, right? Well, we really only have one more position in the outfield open to fill, right? Mm -hmm. that, and that's going to be probably a Kyle Stowers kind of guy or, uh, you know, we've got a plethora of outfielders down there to choose from. I'd be willing to give up some of that depth. So I might be willing to package a Colton Kowser and a Kobe Mayo together to get a guy that, again, it's not a rental player. This is a guy that you're going to have under control for two and a half years. And if I'm Mike, Malia, Mike Elias, I'm working on an extension right away to keep him even further, a five-year deal, something like that to keep him in the fold because then – your return on value, your return on investment, uh, is much more worth it. So even to to Adit's point, even with the, a guy like DL Hall, I would not be willing to, to give up. No, no, but I'm saying, pitching. but what I'm saying is, you're okay with going and getting Lopez. I, I know I am. Yeah. you're okay with going and getting Lopez, and basically, if all worked out, it kind of would be player for player for player in in those guys both being the same type of player. They're going to be at the same spot in the rotation. What are you talking about? DL like Hall, Hall, Hall and Lopez would be fighting for the number two spot. Which is fine. You need five viable starting pitchers, especially in this division right now, right? Mm -hmm. The ones that we know for sure are going to be there are going to be uh, Grayson Rodriguez, DL Hall. Kyle Bradish has still got a lot to prove. He's got to get his shit together and figure it out, right? But we expect him to be part of that rotation. We hope John Means we comes back. We hope John healthy. Means comes back, right? And then we got a bunch of guys that are right now up, down, up, down, and and showing promise. Tyler Wells. But, you know, even a guy like Dean Kramer right now, like, I would have never expected to spit his name out in a positive way this year, but he's pitched really well, right? We got a lot of guys that are that are fighting for that fifth starter of the future role. But you don't have to worry about that fight if you bring a guy like Pablo Lopez in. He's okay. it. He's it. And now you have some depth at starting pitching behind it, which Lord knows you need depth with the way these guys go down with injury and Tommy John and everything. Year after year, somebody's getting hurt. It's just the way baseball is yeah. and the way players are being so developed. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to propose a question to the two of you. Uh, so if you're bringing some of these guys up, if it's the DLs, the Gunners, the Jordans, the Vevers, and the Stowers, you're bringing some of them up. That means somebody's got to go down. So I'm going to give you a list of names, and I want you to kind of tell me who you guys would send down. So Drew and James, would you send down Jonathan Ruiz, Ryan McKenna, Tyler Nevin, Ramon Urias, Jorge Mateo, Rugnet Odor? Who are you sending down to bring some of these Drew, guys we'll up? Drew, will start with you. 
I mean, a lot of those guys you name, like an Aruez or, or like some of those guys are out of options anyway, so you'd be outriding them or DFA them. Right. So, I mean, it is what it is. Uh, it's a weird thing where, like, the whole guy, Tommy, you guys are talking about, I think of is there's a way that, like, you can still add without subtracting from this team. And that's literally, like you just said, all these guys that are kind of expendable because a Henderson and a Westberg are playing so well. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Or a Stowers or even a Robert Newstrom who's back from injury. Like, stuff like that. They can, you can, they can add fill bats. In. You can't add starting yeah. pitching outside of DL Hall right now. Yeah, mm-hmm. so, like, to me, like, I think a lot of people kind of like when you, the two players you would choose between would be, like, Mateo and Urias because it's like they, they, they can fill that same role. But to me, like, I, I don't know if really Ramon's proven that he could stay healthy. Right. Yeah, Mateo's bats... It's it's suspect he can have timely hits and but one ninety seven. But when he gets on base, the guy can be at 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 third like on a bunt. <laughs> like it seems, yeah. you know, he's what I mean? got game changing speed. I, I feel yeah. like he's like he 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 would stay healthier than Urias. Like so, like kind of like to po- the question answer your question there. Like you're really only choosing like one of those guys to stick around and be that utility player for the infield, so, and then the other being replaced by. Westbrook probably. I see Henderson being unless they think, you know, it's late August and they have a winning record and they might still be fifth, but it's still like where they're at now, yeah. where it's a you know, yeah, but they could they could win have an eight game winning streak and be in second place. And, and see to me, thing. To me, I I'll, I'm gonna go for a second and then I'm gonna I'll throw it back over mm-hmm. to, to James. So to me, you know, you're talking about Urias and Mateo. For me, there's one slam dunk guy outside of Ruiz who I I don't know. I think that he was a stopgap. He was a filler. To me, Tyler Nevin just has not worked out. The guy's hitting one. Jonathan Arouse is, is is the guy that's flat out expendable. Like yeah, he, he's just holding right. a roster. Saying, Who the fuck are you, dude? But if, <laughs> I, if I got to send more, more than one guy down, you're talking okay. about Urias or Mateo. Nevin can I'm, go down because the options. So yeah, I'm talking. I'm talking about Arouse and I'm talking about Nevin because Nevin's hitting 186, two homers, 14 RBIs, 129 at bats. This kid's also 25 years old. He's not. He's you brought him up and he's just not working. Yes, it was a feel good story with him coming out against the Angels and his dad's. You know the the head coach of the team right now whatever they're called he's, managers just saying managers whatever <laughs> whatever he's he's not even he's the interim manager he's not even the real manager uh but no i i just i look at it and i say he's the guy that i'm sending down before i'm sending Urias and mateo down 100 percent. i'm sending managers. him down <laughs> well i listen to what? to your point i think um I think Gunnar Henderson, Jordan Westberg would be exciting to add to the mix right away. Uh, but both of those guys, I think, to to Drew's point, might be later additions. Let's see how the first three, four weeks after the All-Star break go. And if we're still in this position and we're two games back or we're still in a healthy playoff position, then you might see those guys get caught up a little bit early. Uh, and if it comes down to a choice between Mateo and Urias as far as who I'm getting rid of, I think I'm on the opposite end of this. I love Mateo. I've said that since day mm-hmm. one, right? And I love his speed and it is game changing. But with Urias, what you get is that that utility player, that guy that brings more 
value than one trick pony. Mateo, he's a great defender, but his one trick is his speed, right? He is not going to hit for average. He's not going to be a clutch guy that can come up and, and hit as a pinch hitter, that kind of thing. He's going to be that late inning guy, like you said, that can get from first to third or even first to home on a gapper type thing. Um, so I understand the excitement with that. But, but his his game-changing speed isn't just on, on offense. I understand. It's on, on both sides. as well. And I get that he, you're limited because he, he really only plays second and short. Right. Urias can play all three positions. And really, I think if you needed him to, he could pretty much play anywhere. He is a full utility player. The thing with Mateo is he, he's got solid range. That speed comes into play. There's a reason he's up there in I agree assists with that. because he's been able. And he's had errors at times. So I, I'm on the fence with those two. If you're telling me I have to choose those two, I'm taking it's harder to hit at the major league level than it is to play defense. I'm taking Urias in that aspect. That's what I'm saying. 100%. That's what I'm saying. And, I'm and that's what I'm saying. You. He's the more complete player. There's more exciting but, things about Mateo, but he's the more complete player. Let's go to James. James, yeah, what, James, what do you think? Uh, well, first, I just want to pop you guys' bubbles real quick. Oop. All right. <laughs> We're not making the playoffs. This no, team's no, no. playing no, no, out no. their ass. No, blah, no. Blah, blah, blah. Nah, I'm not going that way. But I just want Brandon Hodge not going to be here next year. John Harbaugh still sucks. Reiterate that trade. I mean, the All Star game is coming up mm-hmm. next week. Elias' cell phones could be busy that week. They will be, and then after that week as well. A lot of these names on the top are going to be talked about, and for the right thing, like Cedric. He's expendable, but he for is. the right price. It's going to be a big-time You're thing. not trading him to trade yeah. him. It's got to yeah. be a big-time It's going to be something big for that, like a, a, a pitcher that's doing well uh, in, in an organization that's like a number one prospect plus something else. But I think Trey Mancini is gone because if not, they would have had a deal done this year. If they But if they don't get anything special for him, I don't think they're going to trade him. I think they're going to try to offer him a low-ball contract to stay with the team. But he might not like that and see and shop around and maybe come back. But I don't think Trey Mancini will be on this team if it's the right, uh, right. Decision. No, and that's and yeah. that's kind of what I was trying to say is that I'm listening to literally everything. But what I'm saying is I think my, if I'm Mike Elias, my mentality on what I'm trading and what I'm trading for has yeah. changed, correct, because of the success of this team yeah. this year. And we all have said Santander when he's hot or whatever is going to be gone or whatever. But also coming back to the point, Odor might be a trading piece too. A second baseman goes down or someone that they need to come in for defense. And some, mm. maybe sometimes you get a little pop with his bat. We've seen, Could we be in there. To definitely James's get a little point, pop with that right hook. To, to James's point, we have seen that in the MLB that some teams are, when they're at that precipice, they're willing to add, even if it's a bench guy, they're willing to add an experienced bench guy. But it's usually for a player to be named later, future cash considerations. Rugen at a door is too important to the vibe of this clubhouse and to what's going on currently right now to give him up for a player to be named later or cash considerations. If some team wants to give up some sort of valuable prospect, I'm not talking a top-level mm-hmm. prospect, but something at the double-A level, something at the single-A level that has some promise for a Rugnet Odor, I'm listening. But I'm not giving him up for future cash considerations or player to be I, named later. Or, Fair enough. But How many years are going to get out of Odor? It doesn't matter. What I'm saying is if you're invested in this year, you're just I'm talking about just this year, right? We're if you're invested, in this year. You're, you're not 
I think the I think the mindset's changed. I didn't think we were invested in this year. I don't think Mike Elias see, even – I don't think anybody in that clubhouse expected the them to have pole. the success that they're having this year. I but they're at that. the halfway point it's, now, and they're successful. They're two games out of a wild Elias card spot. Elias is a lot smarter than us that knows that we're not winning the World Series this year. We're not – just making it isn't like you know great for like football standpoint. This is different. This is for setting Here, up for the future. Here's what I'm going to tell you. You mean to tell me that if, Mike Elias isn't excited about the prospect of fans being back down at the yard, spending all this extra money on tickets, jerseys, home run changes? What jersey? What jersey? There's no jerseys to buy. Hell yeah. Whatever they want. There's no jerseys if, to if buy. If you think you that doesn't success, fucking SK hot dogs and, and Bud Lights. I don't care. If you don't think that Mike Elias isn't excited about the yeah. prospect of that. When he never had so, that on his radar before, you're so out here, of your mind. Here's, here's the deal with this, though. You just hit the nail on the head. Mike Elias, if they make the playoffs this year, and there's playoffs in Baltimore. There's no the, playoffs, dude. Just, James, do you not think that they're within striking distance no, right now? because Why? of the give division me, that we give, play Stop, in. stop. Give me, look at the stat sheet. There's pessimistic and James. give me a why. Striking distance Give me now a why that, that actually makes sense and not you being pessimistic going, oh, we're in the worst division. We are within two games. Two and games. And that's great. And you're getting caught up in the fucking clouds right now. It's great that we have an eight-game winning streak. It's awesome. It has nothing but, to do with an eight-game winning streak. It has everything to do with a team that since May 21st has been one of the hottest teams so in Seattle baseball. too. Okay, and Seattle's and they, earned it too. Yeah, Seattle's earned it too. That's they fine. They play in the West. It's a lot easier. Yeah, but they don't play the West teams every day like uh, we do. You know, we they don't play the West as much as we play the East. No, but I'm saying like it's not like um, you're you're confident for football where you play like twice a time. They they gets broken up. It's not like they play so many of their their division uh, teams. It's broken up where they play anybody that they want. They can play. A shitty national team. No, I don't know what you're harder. talking about. I'll be honest with you. I got to cut yeah, you off. And yeah. I know you guys are catching me now. You, this way the schedule is now is you way that way you're playing the division way more than you're playing any you other You play thing. your division at the beginning That's of the season. That's why people are so excited about next year because you won't be playing the AL East team so much. We have to play what we do against the AL East teams. And it's been bad against New York. And granted, that was a lot earlier on in the year. Thank you. But you guys now that's agreeing they, with me. They, but, they're, but you're wrong. You what you're are, saying, though. You guys what are you're caught, saying is like, wrong. I'm, it's, it's listen, great. nobody here is saying the Orioles though. are going to make the playoffs. What All we're saying, we're saying is you have to recognize they are within striking distance. The numbers say they are. They're in a better position right now than anybody expected them to be. I understand. Could they make the playoffs? Yes. At the beginning of this year, we had a point zero. 0.1% chance of making the playoffs. Nobody expected the Orioles to have a chance at making the playoffs. We actually have a shot. Nobody, I'm not saying for sure they will, but we not, have a shot. So, so it changes guys, the it changes the mentality. So of are they just the going to lose 20 does. in a row starting the night? No. So then the playoff is viable because it's you're not, in striking. Not for, not for but you're two games out have. of the wild card now. Okay. You can't sit said, there. And I said at the beginning of the year, you're this acting team like they're going to win 60 games. games. I said they're going to win 60 games in the beginning and of the year. And now they're going to be well above they're, 60. So, James, they're at 43 games right now. You're telling me for the rest of the season, they're only going to win 17 games out of 80? 
Are you fucking kidding me? You, If you truly believe that, you are blind to the numbers in front of you that's telling you this team is trending upwards. Okay. You're blinded by the beginning of the no, season. You're blinded about when we play the Rays, we're probably going to lose all four games today. We've been winning against the Rays, though. That's we have our winning season since 2014 against the Rays. Against this year we so played far. more than one series against them. No, we played no, one series. No, you're against wrong. Them. We played the first series of the year, and that sucked. And the other three series since, they've winning against them. They've lost against New York. Who is the best team in baseball? Yeah, everybody Your point else is of that losing, they're automatically man. just going to play the Rays and suck is completely not not wrong because it's an opinion. By the way, but the last time wrong. we played the Rays, May twentieth, May twenty first, May twenty second, and guess what? We, we took two of three from them. We took two of three from the Rays, outscoring them eight to six. We lost one to six, and then we beat them seven to six. Uh, calm down. Getting loud doesn't mean you're see, right all the time. All right, relax. <laughs> you being you're a pessimist a doesn't I mean you're that, right either. I think you, that that free cap you got on your head is cutting your circulation so, off your brain, so, dude. No, no. Here's By the way, oh, hold on a the second. Well, I'm going to correct myself. We also played them in June. June 17th, 18th, and 19th. We also beat them then. We were two out of three in that series. So in six games, we won four against the Rays. Your bullshit Tor statement Toronto. that we are not beating the Rays is bullshit. You just played them six games in the past two months, and you've won four of six. That is called defeating your opponent. So Toronto Back is to falling. You, James. Toronto is falling off. Okay, so Boston has played, a losing record against every, we played everyone the Rays, in the AL East. In in uh four eight, we lost two to one, three to five. Wait, 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 no, 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 no. Okay. You're not going to talk about the first series of the year. I already said they oh. got swept in the first series of the year. And since then, and we still got to play them again. Them. Boston okay. has a completely like okay, I, eight I games got under I got, 500 I got against it. the AL let me, let me bring you back to Orlando. We beat them. We always do well before the All-Star. And then after the All-Star, we always go downhill. So since when? Oh, my God, James. when? When? Win. They sucked last year. They had a 19-game okay. losing streak before the All-Star game. I don't need that. In 2020, there I'll, wasn't an All-Star game. I'll talk to you guys when they're out of the – not even – Listen, again, okay. this is this is uh, everything that you're talking about. Winning no, hold on. Saying that, they are just, winning the World Series. I'm Everybody exactly. saying that. This is my point. Everybody's saying we're in the hunt. This is my point. Nobody is saying that they're going to win the World Series. Nobody is saying they're going to make the playoffs. All we're saying is having a conversation that we're at the halfway point and we're two and games we're not statistically out. eliminated. We're two games out. We are still in this. We actually have a shot when nobody in this room thought we had a shot. That's all I'm saying. They right? were like 30 so games out of that's four why we so the In the beginning of the be, year. Uh, be in the shot. Of course, we all think that. Right. So Even when we were in the beginning athlete, of the year, dude, we had this conversation. Happen. We had this conversation in the beginning of the year before the season started. We said... If the Orioles go the path that we thought that they would go and be another 60-win team, that we'd be willing to get rid of pieces like a Trey Mancini, an Anthony Santander, doing anything that we can to bring in more prospects to continue the building process for the future, right? All I'm saying is having a little bit of a different conversation right now because we're two games out of a playoff spot. I'm not saying... 
go out and dump all your prospects to go in after this year. You still have to be I'm smart not, about it. Listen, check, listen check your to your stats, me. Mussolini. You, you it's still, not right. You still That's have incorrect. to. You still have to be giving up prospects to alive. bring in pieces that can impact, like Scott said, impact the now and the future. I'm sorry. Hold on. We weren't five, even yeah. having okay. that conversation before the season but started. Look at the last few months. But we can have <laughs> that now because of the position that they're in. That's all we're saying. I'm not, what I'm saying is I'm not saying, hey, just trade all these players to stock up our farm system. I'm talking about if you get the right thing for the right guy to help this team through years on, I'm for it. I'm not talking about— We're all about, saying the same thing, then. I'm not we're saying the about, same thing, but we're saying that there's. you also want to add value. If you're in the hunt, which you statistically are in the hunt right now, the point is if you're statistically in the hunt right now, whatever you add— has to have value for future, but it also has to have value right now. We're both, we're all saying that. That's what I'm saying is he's not saying, what he's looking at is he's saying future. He's not saying right now because he thinks that they're not, they're not. Here's what's happening and we're getting it, we're getting it convoluted. We're all in agreement on the same thing. James is just on this, this, he's under the impression we are not going to make the playoffs no matter what we do. He said we were not statistically in it. He's saying we're not going to make the playoffs no matter what we do. We're saying we have a chance. That's all the difference is, and I don't know why we're arguing, because that's literally all the difference is. He's saying the we're not. He's saying, saying they're going to the fall apart like they do every there. single year. We're saying we're closer. Yeah. No. He's saying we're, we're, saying we're just that. as close. That is what you're saying. Yeah, you, you literally said it. That is literally go hit rewind. It's literally what you had nothing to do with this. I'm just saying we don't have to start in pitchers to go into what we need to do. Now, Mark, you can trade and be in the hunt at the same time. If you're trading for the benefit of now, if you were listening a few minutes ago, if, right. you, if you're mis- listening a few minutes ago, I named off a couple of starting we'll pitchers that the Orioles have checked in on that are both 26 and 29 who can help for the now and can help for the future because they're both still under team control. So you can make trades. It's rare. It doesn't happen as, as often. Uh, and again, it's how, how open are the Reds? How open are the Marlins? Uh, and what are they expecting in return for these guys? Mm-hmm. All I'm saying is you're having these conversations. I'm not saying they're going to do it. They're having these conversations, and this is why. Because this team is in an unexpected spot at two games out of a playoff spot. Yes. That's why. Hey, uh, yes. one last thing, though. <laughs> one last thing. I, before we, So we can calm down for a second. One last thing. Love you, James. A really important <laughs> announcement to make. Fuck Buster Olney! <laughs> Fuck Buster Olney. <laughs> Fuck that guy. <laughs> James hey. is upset with me now. Hey, I'm not upset. I'm just saying, like, we get an eight-game winning streak. You guys are all, oh, let's put the Orioles up top. Let's celebrate and all that. Like, we need to pump the fucking brakes. Hey, James. And relax. It's been almost Drink a tw- fucking six-pack It's, it's and relax. been almost 20 years since we've had an eight-game winning streak. We deserve to crack a beer. We deserve to be excited. We deserve to be yeah, happy. It doesn't mean it's we been almost 20 anybody. years, James. Come on now. <laughs> Enjoy it. Soak it in. Don't be a pessimist. Hey, Just take it in. Come on, every, big guy. Every blind you enjoy mice finds the water sometimes. Not eight dude. times in a row. I can tell you now. <laughs> that blind fucking mice ain't finding that water eight times in a row. But you're beating the Rays. You're Not beating the Red in Sox. Row. You're beating the Red Sox. That was like three different statements. The Red Sox are trash, dude. But you're, but you're still beating them, and they're in your division. You're not, you beating, hey, you're not beating. You're not beating the. Uh, the you're thing, not beating the Blue Jays. You're not beating the Yankees. And the whole thing about Tampa. And mostly, Am I will I correct myself. We, I've been saying we not, it. We we have winning series against Boston and Toronto. Boston's trash, and, dude. It doesn't fucking matter. It does matter. They're in your division, and you beat trash. them. It 
they, they don't have fucking 20 wins. And what, what, what fucking ozone are we in? What are we fucking talking about? I'm over them. I don't understand where you're coming Wait, from. I think he just I got better than, all, you, than you've ever I been. I don't understand what your point is. I that don't. Are, I have to argue for a fucking change. The Red Sox are no, trash, dude. Yeah, because they have... It, Oh, it doesn't fucking make any sense, but you're beating him. It doesn't matter. The, the Red Yankees, Sox hold the first play, first foul card spot. So you're win. excited about beating the, the Rays, right? You're fucking right yeah. I am. Yeah, because they, they kick did. her ass all because the fucking time. Was, they with won fucking one nobody fucking game beat. against the Rays last year, and they're well above what they did last year. They're no full. one can fucking deny how much better they're playing. Everybody in this division compared to what they did they're last four, year. They're no four one's saying that. I'm for just you. saying. No, it's ridiculous for you. To not be happy or whatever the fucking emotion you're feeling about an eight-game winning streak. It, it, to not give them credit for an eight-game winning streak because uh, they didn't beat the Rays in the first series of the year. When you you literally... You but they're four in the they just swept, two series. You they just look swept. in the outline to everything these guys gathered that said at a certain point in the season, a certain guy on someone's shirt over there came around. Now, I'm not saying he's the only reason, but that's that. That's when we they, when we draw the There's a point. There's a point in time. So much better. The actual time they've been having issues is against guys like the Mariners when they're beating the Rays. It doesn't. You can't sit there and say what happened in in, in the first series of the year where they won. They they lost two games by one run. They weren't hitting in April. April April was horrible for hitting. That's all yeah. we talked about. Yeah, especially the power numbers. April were terrible. was so bad because they weren't hitting and they would lose a lot of close games. You can't sit there and, and um, I mean, you can. It's your opinion. I, I think we all think your opinion is trash. Yep. But you can't sit there. Like, they won eight in a row. It doesn't fucking matter. They won eight in a row in Major League Baseball. They didn't win eight in a row in the ACC. They won it at eight in a row in Major League Baseball against Major League teams, against two teams that, granted, Angels on a slide. They have two of the best fucking players in the league. The Rangers spent a lot of money trying to get to where they're at now and it's and fine it's 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 middling but they still want eight in a row and before that eight in a row in june they were beating the rays they were beating toronto and they were beating boston and they haven't played new york in a month because they played new york 75 percent of their games in like a six-week stretch they play new york in a couple weeks if they win that series what are you going to say that the yankees are trash that the, the Orioles no, were lucky? The Yankees are good because they have a payroll and they have players. Boston just has a payroll and they suck, dude. But they have a winning record. And they beat them. So Who? you can't what give you them credit. Wait, no, no, no. no. You can't give them credit for losing, but beating Boston. And it's, I am right. They did take two or three from Boston. I believe so, yeah. Mm -hmm. You can't give them credit for beating Boston in a series because Boston is, quote, trash with a winning record. But you won't give the Orioles credit for winning eight in a row against I gave them quote credit. Unquote, trash. But you're saying that they beat when they beat these other teams that they're not now they're not going to beat them. By the race. way, the two other teams that we just had the, the series against that we we won the eight games straight. Those two teams are also in the hunt. Minnesota behind us now. Right. So that that Chicago. projected and put you up there to get you in that spot. By the way, Boston. 11 and 21 in the division, but they're 47 and 40 overall. Tampa Bay is 18 and 16 in the, against the division. Toronto is 16 and 18 against the division. The Orioles are 15 and 19 against the division. And yes, and New here's York. the deal: none of those teams beat New York, which is 28 and 14 against the division. So if you're making the argument against 
uh, the the Yankees and saying, well, we can't beat the Yankees. Okay, but you went to the two, two teams. You went to the two teams that we are beating in the past, the past few series. This weekend, we'll find out whether you're right or wrong. Because here's the deal. I want you eating crow and eating your words if they take more than two games out of this three-game series against the Tampa Bay Rays because that will mean that they will now be 7 of 12 against the Rays. At the end oh, of the sorry, day, six, six or seven or 12. At the end of the day, the point is we should all be excited about what's happening this year. None of us expected this, right? No. None of us expected us to be having this argument, having this conversation, <laughs> having this kind of passion. We should be packing in the shit and getting ready to go on vacation because baseball's over, bring on football, but it's not. We're all excited. There was just 30-some thousand fans down at the stadium. There was just 27,000 fans down at the stadium. It's not just us. It's not just us four in this room. Everybody in Birdland right now is excited about this team. I understand being a little bit of a pessimist, right? Because we've seen success in the first half. Back in the this is how long ago it was James. <laughs> back in the Brian Roberts days, like yeah, 2005 was so good. <laughs> right, July and fucking the wind exactly those early 2000 years. We would have great success in the first half and then fall apart. This is a different regime. This is a different team. This is a different energy. And listen. But what you can really see about how good this organization is is like the what I was talking about earlier. All of these, all of these names that we're bringing in here to this organization that are finding things and they're turning things around that were literally left to die by other organizations. <laughs> Why are they working here? Because the staff is different because the coaching and the development is different than it ever was 10, 15, 20 years ago when we were, when we relate to all those 2004, 2005 seasons when they had their struggles. Things have changed a lot, and I'm telling you, this just proves that the, the process is happening faster than we ever anticipated. Whew. I think I need a nap. I think Drew needs a nap. I'm good. I'm All right, it's time for a social media shout out. I know there's been a lot of chatter in the in the chat room. <laughs> Listen, I know you guys love this kind of content, and this happens on this show. It's usually it's Scott and I that are going. We're back usually and forth not on like the same this. page like this. I, this was kind of entertaining for me to just kind of take a back seat and watch Drew and James go at it like this. We've done it Drew, before. You, you, have to, you have to go back and watch yourself. You got redder than I, Fred I, ever I, has yeah. on this show. Time, like when we've had arguments about the Ravens, it's for content. When it comes to the Orioles, I, I couldn't. Nah, I couldn't. <laughs> I think it's an opinion. I don't think it's a good opinion. Uh, it is what it is, right? All We're right. all entitled to our opinions. James, who's been out in the uh, chat room chiming it up today? Well, man? it started out slow. Everybody was asking, did I miss the Ravens uh, segment? And all that. You just had no. Spun around just, this year. That's all you need to know. Um, but also, uh, so we had the Summers at one and two, but Stephanie was in there first. Oh. Chuck, and um, Sean. Steve Moore, uh, he said, loves a uh, floppy hat. Uh, wish you could have got down there to, um, to get to the game. Yeah, shout Pick out to Carrie for mine. Big <laughs> up Paul, Ahmed, um, Steven Seaver, Alex uh, Duvall. Joe Carlozo did a hit and run. Uh, talked about, you know, about the birds doing well. And um, a couple others, but I was going so... You know, I'm Mark, pretty sure James blacked sick. out there for like five minutes. <laughs> no, I was trying to, you know, look, no, we were battering look, him and he couldn't focus. Fucking stuff on ESPN, but you know, thanks you all for uh, chatting it up. This is why we do it. We enjoy it. 
Yeah, man. And, uh, I, I'm glad uh, to have the debates on um, <laughs> on the chats as well. Kamal, thank you for joining in. Uh, Garnett West, too. I see that. Yeah, man. Right he loved now. the yeah. energy. He loved the passion, too. <laughs> so, appreciate all you guys chiming in so for sure. We appreciate it. You know, if I miss somebody, I'm sorry. Very emotional night. You know, good, <laughs> good emotional. It's all good. It's you all know, good. All good vibes, man. Lose. We don't want our team to lose. <laughs> All right, fellas, it's time for some Ravens flock. I this know a lot of you guys. It's weird. It's flip flopped, right? Fuck, Usually it's only seven thirty. Flip flop right. your floppy hat. Yeah, right. Floppy hat, flip flopping ninth. Fuck Buster Oni. There you go. Yeah, One more time. What was it like being on the set of Hocus Pocus? <laughs> it's so funny because I had watched that movie a thousand times, and when you said that earlier, I'm like, I can't picture this guys. But as soon as you Google it, I'm like, oh yeah, I'm that's so right. Happy because I posted it in the Facebook chat, and he hadn't seen it. He's like, look, he showed me a picture of the kid. That's so excited! I was like, oh, we already <laughs> talked about it. If you haven't, go show it, show it, James, real quick on on James. This is what the guy looks like. It looks like Fred. he's got the hat all I'm the way up, saying. just like Fred. We can. You uh, just need to, we need to get you a we chain. We pull it off here. It's fine. I maybe take no glasses off. And then get you a chain. And then I got the chain. Right? Don't, forget, you got, don't forget, you got to put ice in the back. <laughs> yeah, it was like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, guys, uh, not a whole lot going on uh, with the Ravens right now. Obviously, uh, you know, the Lamar contract still hasn't happened. He had the social media, you know, uh, change in photos where he added the I need money thing, and everybody kind of went crazy over that. And pump your brakes. It's social media, right? If we've learned anything about Lamar, Lamar's going to do things. Why should be something out of, out of Kodak's next fucking album? And whatever. then people will No, shut it, the it was from a movie. It and was from How High. Yeah, it's from uh, How High. That's what it was. Yeah. I couldn't think of it. Uh, it. Whatever. It is what it is. Yes, it correlates to he needs money, he needs a contract, and all that stuff. It's going to get done when it gets done. And it is what it is. Stop worrying about it. Don't, you know, don't stress yourself. Let it happen when it happens. If it happens before training camp, which I hope it does, I think everybody in Ravens flock will breathe a little bit uh, a little bit easier if yeah. that happens. Yeah. Well, let's let's kind of really get into it again. We're we're one month away from the first preseason game. So we're almost here, people. Yeah. We're almost here. And the Ravens. Well, they bring back a guy that we were saying, you know, it, we'd like to see him back. Wouldn't hate to see it, but it's got to be a value deal. Uh, we let him go off in the market, and that's Justin Houston. They reach a one-year contract with him. Uh, rumor is around $2 million, but I still have not detailed yeah, any details on that. I haven't seen the on numbers that. on it yet. I mean, either way, if they can get him for $2 million again, this is a no-brainer Well, last year was 2.2, so. Yeah, but he, he had better offers elsewhere. He wanted to come here for the po possibility and the chance of winning, and he thought that, you know, Marcus Peters actually sold him uh, on coming mm -hmm. here, and he thought he had he'd be a really good fit as far as an edge rusher into this defense. He didn't system. expect half the defense to go down or half the offense to go down. Exactly, <laughs> things changed a lot once he got here. But uh, again, he's 33 years old, so he's getting up there a little bit in age. Yeah, but, but he was still a very productive player. Yes, the stats don't say it. I think he had what four and a half sacks last year. So if you're just looking at sack numbers, which but I know a lot of Ravens fans do, he still was very impactful. He was 17 quarterback hits. Yeah. 34 tackles. He still was productive, more than serviceable than some other guys out there in the league. Exactly. Uh, so, again, you bring in a guy like that, a veteran, at $2 million, he's going to do leaps and bounds of, of good things with – Adafe and continuing his development. This, you bring in Ajabo from Michigan, mm -hmm. who's a rookie, right? Having that veteran presence, you, you don't have Pernell McPhee back this year, right? So, and, and obviously, sadly, you lost Jalen Ferguson, right? So you got to have that veteran stability. He brings that in, uh, and I think so, the entire defense as a unit will benefit from and, that. And the other thing that, that people look at, right, 
so number one, he's third all time among active players with 102 career sacks, trading trailing only Von Miller with 115 and Chandler Jones with 107. Right. So he played 15 games last season. So all those stats all come at only 61% of the snaps. Mm-hmm. He was playing way more than that before. So yes, yeah, you're I mean, going to see that lower. You're going to see lower production when he's not getting the snap counts. But that's that's a little bit of health, right? That's keeping him healthy for a longer extended period of time. It was, it was trying to keep him fresh too. Yeah, you know, the, the, they were trying to well, put out a rotation of players out there, so that way he's more effective in the downs that he is used but, on. But a point of note here is the dependability. He has played in at least 15 games in seven of his 10 seasons, mm-hmm. right? So with all this going on, him coming back to the Ravens. It does beg the question that we've yet to hear the answer on, A, because we don't know the contract. And once we hear the contract, then might we might hear the rumors, right? But it begs the question, did he have other offers and he wants a ring and feels the Ravens give him the best shot like he came here last year for and didn't get really get the chance to actually do that because of the injuries throughout the entire roster? Or I know that James had brought this up before, are the Ravens the real only real offer? No, I mean the Ravens kind of held the cards on this. I mean they whatever designation it was, I forget <laughs> what designation they put under it, uh, that that he couldn't sign with any other team uh, until a certain deadline or until the Ravens had basically it was an untendered undrafted or no untendered restrict unrestricted free agent something like that right. So, so the Ravens had like power uh, in in that sense, and I do think the Ravens probably presented his best chance at winning. Um, I also think maybe the change at defensive coordinator excites him a little bit more as far as uh, maybe a a pass, you know, as far as a a production standpoint. Um, You know, everything you'd ever heard about him was that he enjoyed his time here last year. Mm -hmm. And I think, again, the development that uh, he he took on that leadership role pretty pretty effortlessly and pretty seamlessly coming in and being a mentor for Odafe. Um, you're adding another piece, another Odafe-type piece in Ojabo, and I think that excites him. I think that excites him about I, what this defense and what this team as a whole can do if they're healthy. I think it excites him that that there's the youth there, and we're going to talk about Mike McDonald and this defense here shortly, but I think the other thing is I, I wouldn't be surprised if he and Calais had a few phone calls, mm-hmm. right? Because Calais, I think Calais came, it came back because he's saying, we, we weren't the team we expected to be last year. Because we got decimated yeah. by injury. If we can stay, keep this team to stay healthy, I think both of these guys, in my opinion, not fact, not rumor, my opinion, both of these guys are at the latter portion of their career, and they're looking around at this roster going, fuck, man. Mm-hmm. If these guys are healthy, we could be dominant. Yeah. And then you bring in a guy like Mike McDonald. We're going to talk about him in a second. And Mike McDonald, what's he about? Getting after the quarterback. quarterback. What has Justin Houston done all of his career? Get after the quarterback. He didn't always get him last year, but that number that we don't have is QB hurries. Mm-hmm. How many times did he force a QB to make a bad throw yeah. or or slide it out of the pocket? It's like I told you it, it, why I said Justin Houston made a lot of sense in bringing back beyond just the contract value is that he, yeah, he only had four and a half sacks last year, but he was so close on so many. And the difference in secondary, the improvement in secondary by getting all your pieces back healthy, adding a Kyle Hamilton, getting Marcus, you know, getting Marcus Peters back, getting a healthy, you know, Marlon Humphrey there. All that's going to do is allow more time for your edge rushers to get to the quarterback. So 
as long as he is the same person and player that he was last year, those numbers are going to organically grow just by the, the amount of time that the secondary is going to be able to lock those receivers down. Even, even it's going to improve. Even if they don't grow for him, they're going to grow for the team. And yeah. that's the big thing. Exactly. James, thoughts on bringing back Justin Houston? <laughs> I don't think we have enough time for this. <laughs> <laughs> Why do I, I think this could, this could get your I, face red, Fred? <laughs> I'm just, I have never been a fan of these old old vets that just eat up money and take up space. If they love playing football and they just want to do it, just collect the league minimum and play play for a team. I think we overpay for these vets all the time. $2 million we, was overpaying for him last year? Yeah, because I think the league minimum is $100,000. No, it's not. The league minimum is minimum's no. like a mil. Actually, a mil? veteran minimum is like 1.2. Yeah. 1. If 2. he was like a three-year vet, it would probably be like 900000 all right, one point two is good. Two million dollars is a lot of money uh, for for him. He didn't do much for me last year. He didn't do anything for this organization. I think we could just have a younger guy try to, you know, come here. If he if he's great for the role model and all that, bring him in as a coach. Let him hang out, get paid that way. But taking up a roster spot is not a good thing. He's going to be injury prone. And I wasn't a big big fan of Cam, uh, Calais Campbell coming back, but we all love him. It's great. I, I love the big guy, Teddy Bears on the field. But if but, you're if you're not doing the, um, you know, damage on the field, you're you're no good. To the me. the thing with that is James, like, I don't know what you're expecting them to bring in then, because again, they don't have a. In. You don't want them to bring in anybody. <laughs> no, you thought okay. that they were fine. Like, no, use the guys. Let them let them deal with So it. you're fine with David Ajabu, who's not going to play until probably week eight or beyond. You're okay losing Jalen Ferguson because he passed away, yeah. right? You're okay with not filling that void and letting a guy – and you're not bringing Pernell McPhee back, another veteran who's gone because he's retiring or not playing anymore. You're okay just going in and having a void at the outside linebacker position when this team struggled to have pass rush for the last, I don't know, three or four years? Yeah, it just sucks. Hopefully maybe there will be some cuts – and get some guys in here. But, but okay, so if a big name gets cut, how are you going like to bring Houston. him in? Because you don't have the room under your salary and cap. And if he's a big name and he gets cut, why would you want to bring him in? Because he's going to cost you more than what Justin Houston That's is costing you. That's what I'm saying. That's my point. a big name. I just said someone getting cut that could fill the void. I just think that we could have had... Um, but you just said you didn't want a player to just fill a void. Because Justin Houston would just fill a void. And so, yeah. He does much more than that, but I'm just saying he fills a void. That's so what's great, wrong with $2 million dollars for filling pep, a void? pep talk in the locker room, but you have John Harbaugh for that. So we don't need any pep talks for that. <sighs> All just, right, let's I'm go. I'm just saying, like, I'm not Full a fan. Of the bad takes today. I'm not a fan of these older guys that we just pay money and they just collect. Like, well, four and a half sacks isn't just collecting. Out of, what, 18 four games and a half, now? Four and a half. Name me some younger guys that had four and a half sacks last year. I mean, there's a uh, lot of guys that had Watts. four and a half sacks, but again, his impact goes beyond just the yes, sack number. Yes, uh, but my point is, is yes, he didn't he didn't put up ten plus sacks like we were all hoping he would. But he also, again, to, in order to keep him healthy long term for the entire season, because you were already depleted. He came in and played 61% of the snaps and still put up four and a half sacks. If you if you put him in at 100%, okay, now we're talking eight, nine sacks, and that's not productive to I you? I would like to trade. I, mean, I would like if we would try to sign um, Melvin. 
to bring him in here. He's a younger I mean, you guy. can throw a bunch of names out there if you want to, but the problem is it's got to work financially. Mm -hmm. And a Melvin Ingram wouldn't have worked financially with the moves that we have, with, yeah. with the players that we have. We would have had to have made, made room. All right, Drew, what's I, your take I, on, I on? I don't have anything to add. I don't know if I want to add anything to this. Just, <laughs> just on what side just are you on? Just use Justin. Uh, no, I'm Houston. fine with it because one guy died, one guy tore his Achilles in college and you drafted him. Another guy tore his Achilles in one of the last couple of games of the season. You don't know how he's going to come back. And there's no one else out there. Getting Justin Houston is cool with me because it is. He he brings a lot to the table, whether you like it or not, or he's too much money. Like, he does still bring something to the table. And you can't sit there and confirm in on uh, July 12th, 11th, whatever fucking day we're on, uh, that... You know, Team A is going to cut a guy, and it's going to be someone who fits the scheme just as well as Justin Houston would. Well, yeah. speaking of scheme, right, that's going to be the next question I wanted to pose to you guys, and I'll start with you, Scott. So, obviously, we talked a little bit about him. Mike McDonald's coming in and uh, coming back to the organization, right? And uh, he was under Wake Martindale when he was here as a coach. So, how much of the defense is really going to change under Mike McDonald? Uh, I know that a lot of players seem to be pretty excited about bringing him in. Uh, we saw him in the one year that he was in, in Michigan. He had two players that would have gone top 15 picks, two edge rushers that would have gone top 15 picks as a defensive coordinator, right, had it not been for the Achilles injury that ended up benefiting the Ravens and getting <laughs> yeah. him in the second round, right? Uh What's what's your take on Mike McDonald and the impact of on this defense? I, I think it's going to be interesting. We're hearing, you know, you, you talk about what we're hearing some, from some of the players. And I thought Marlin kind of said it very interestingly. He's, he was said he said that he's making the entire defense smarter because what he's what he's doing, which we didn't necessarily hear this before, doesn't mean it wasn't happening. Mm -hmm. But when a player is saying, "Hey, you're making us smarter because you're doing this," it gets my attention, and that really comes down to he's explaining to them the why behind some of the packages and play calls. You know what that means? He's getting buy-in from his players on what they're doing. We're also not hearing this thing of, you know, and I, I love Wink. I was not a proponent of letting Wink go, first and foremost. But I do find it interesting that Mike McDonald does sound like he's taking it back to basics and getting this defense and teaching them Here's why we're doing something. Here's what makes sense. And here's why it makes sense. Because what he's trying to do is get that buy into this defense and then show them that it can work. Time's going to tell. And I forget who it was. Somebody said, I'm a show me guy. And Mike McDonald's going to have to show me that he's good and not Ronald McDonald. <laughs> I love that statement. I give you credit for, for whoever it was that said it. So, James, if you can look to see who that was so I can give him credit for it. I think it might have been Googs, but I'm not sure. It might have been Mark as well. Um, it scrolled up a little, scroll up a little bit, a little bit more. It was, it was a little further up cause it was talking about, you'll see Ronald McDonald, right? Is the last two words, uh, in it. So where's it at? Keep going, keep going, keep going. There it is. Uh, it's Mark, Mark, Mark 2k6. It was the one that said it. So yeah, I a hundred percent, he's going to have to show and prove, but the thing that you're hearing out of a veteran is the veteran is saying, Hey, he's, he's making us smarter, right? This is a veteran who's smart and savvy himself. That saying he's making our entire defense smart because he's breaking it down so for us. He's been under the tutelage of some pretty good defensive coordinators. When you talk about, <laughs> yeah. you know, Wink Martindale, you talk about Dean Pease, right? And I'm always I'm always of the advocate that if you get multiple 
uh, viewpoints, right? As a coach in anything, right? If you, if you're under multiple, it's even like even as an employee, right? As a manager, right? You, you the more as sponge that you can be and soak mm-hmm. up opinions and takes and, and viewpoints on certain things, you kind of build your own and you take the best of everybody's tutelage. Right. And I think that's where Mike, Mike McDonald's is going to benefit this defense is he's going to be able to pull all the good from wink, all the good from Dean peace, all the good from all the coaches that he's been under and put that together in his own spin. And I'm okay I'm perfectly fine with them tearing it down to the bones and getting back to the basics because what did we talk about for the last two years that have been a struggle with this defense? It's been some of the fundamentals. It's been fundamentally tackling, wrapping wrapping guys up. Obviously, Marlon had the one year where the punch out was great. Well, then you saw everybody trying to do mm-hmm. it, and it and it actually hampered this team. It hurt this team in a lot of ways. Let Marlon be that guy. If that's his specialty and that's what he's really Wrap good at. Wrap the guy up and let Marlon get there. Exactly. We said that. Yeah. It doesn't need to be everybody doing the same thing, right? Let everybody do what makes them great. You paid them to do those things. You paid them to bring them here. And if and if that's really Mike McDonald's approach to this defense, I think it's going to do worlds for this defense. Yeah, and the other side of this, right, you know, again, you fully anticipate it's going to trust that it's going to help them trust this defense. But the other thing is just it, it remains to be seen how linebacker heavy scheming this will be in comparison to the little over year we saw at Michigan, right? Because in Michigan, it was linebacker heavy, mm-hmm. right? He was playing a lot of 3-4-3 three, de- three, three defense, right? And that's one of those things that you got to take a step back and say, is that going to work, especially with the depth that you have at the, the secondary position? We're kind of, you know, we, we talked about that. We like the depth that we have there. Not so much the depth that we've had at linebacker because of injuries and, and guys coming back. You hope that it can translate. It's rem- it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Many say he's going to adjust his defense to cater to his players, which he plans to do. And, and at this point, saying. the the D, they were ranked last in the league in yards allowed per game, to your point. Yeah, because they had nine-tenths of their secondary hurt last year. And that's the flip side of this. Would we be still saying the same thing? Would Wink have lost his job? Had it not been for the injuries, we don't know. Nobody knows. Nobody, nobody will knows. Know. We will never know. Right. So what has to happen now is he has to come in and take the guys that he has and really show that he can he can cater to what these guys can do. So my question is, with the the game evolving, do you worry that that type of scheming will not work at the NFL level? We've seen th- some things from college translate, but at the NFL level. Again, we we talk about you know getting the quarterback, but if you focus too much on the quarterback, we can see what happens with some teams. These running backs can start to freaking go off, and so or same with the tight ends. If you get it out quick to the tight ends, it, it it's one of those things. I, no, I, I think it can actually. I think it would work very well in the NFL because I think. When you're in talking about NFL. and you're talking about today's NFL, you're talking about pass happy offenses. You're talking about a lot of speed that's on a field, right? So the way that you counter speed is with speed, right? So having a bunch of secondary guys on the field, right? Having maybe three safeties on the field, if you're going to have Chuck Clark and Kyle Hamilton on the field at the same time, mm-hmm. out there along with Marcus Williams, um, I think having that that kind of a defense with some outside guys that can get after the quarterback, I think is going to do well for this team. It's going to look different. I do. I, I think it'll look different than what we've seen in the years past with Wink Martindale. And I'm okay with that because again, okay. I, you know, 
even I understand. Though despite, even though despite they were a they were a number one defense the two years prior to last year with all the injuries, you can still be a very successful defense and look different. You just have Fair to enough. be efficient and effective, okay. right? And I think okay. I think his approach, the three five three that he ran, or, or it's actually I think a three three five that he ran in Michigan. If he runs that type of defense here in the NFL, I thought it was a three five three five three. I'm, I'm pretty sure three, it was four, three three, three five. Uh, and if he ran that in Michigan, I think that would be very successful here in the NFL. I thought again, I, it puts more okay. speed on the field. I will have to look into that because I thought it was. I thought I had read that he was a linebacker heavy guy, and most of his scheming was. Uh, at the, I, th- I said three four three, but I, I meant three. Three five three. So in that type of offense, it was linebacker heavy, which is why you had two linebackers go in this draft because there were so many guys to account for on the front line. But the the college game is a lot different nowadays than it is in the NFL. In the NFL, you've got a lot of guys that have a lot of arm arm strength yeah. and the mobility too. In college, we saw we see you know you can see one way or the other. Either the quarterback's got an arm or he's got legs. It's usually not the two. Usually they so involve Gar- Garnett saying he ran a four two five, so four, not two, far five. off. Okay. I thought it was three three five, but yeah, four two five. Okay. okay. Either way, I think that that defense can work if that's what happens here at the Ravens. We'll see. Uh, you know, because okay. again, they've got a lot of options. They got a lot of depth, but it's really going to come down to health. And uh, you know, if everybody comes back as healthy as we hope they are. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I have to laugh at Mussolini. Please, James in 1994, we should rest Cal Ripken going into next season. Give him a week off. <laughs> don't even get him started <laughs> on Cal. Yeah. I know you that's don't watch, but don't get him started on Cal. Cal. Let's not start. <laughs> let's yeah, not start that. That's a whole other thing. Sucks, too. Uh, but let's, let's, let's turn to these guys for a quick second on, yeah. on that situation with Mike McDonald. Uh, are, are you guys intrigued? What are you expecting to see? What are you hoping to see out of Mike McDonald? Drew, will start I with you. I think it's cool to have fresh a fresh pair of eyes, a fresh uh coaching like coach uh perspective to it like i i can't appreciate it jason i'm not gonna i'm not gonna outright shit on wink i mean i did like the stuff wink did here i i guess you i could see where people think you know i i think it's more so like i think people would be much fine much finer more more fine with wink being gone if it wasn't for like g-row and being so toxic about yeah, whether the g-row right. should be or not but I I could I could see both perspectives of of him being gone and then bringing him back. I I I'm giving McDonald the benefit of the doubt. I'm kind of intrigued to see what he can bring to the table and see if there is some kind of different, you know, something new that he sees that maybe Wink wasn't seeing. And and like you said, maybe maybe it is already working with the you know, with the defensive players. Uh, so the only thing I can just the word my word for that is just intrigued. Like I'm excited for it. Like let's something new. James, what's your feelings on Mike McDonald? Do you see any kind of a change in the defense and how he, how his impact could uh, affect this team? Can't get any worse. Than, than an injury-riddled season? <laughs> yeah. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Can't get any worse. Like, we all thought Wink was doing a good job, but we were all caught in the Greg Roman's era thinking how bad he was, and maybe we didn't look at maybe the schemes that he was coming up was just too much. So maybe it's a different different look. Maybe he's going to do something different, and it's going to be fresh. So maybe that's a good thing. All right. I mean, we'll revisit this uh, as we get into the preseason and we actually start going to some of the practices. I'm pretty sure you know you and I will probably at some point go yeah. to one of the uh, the the practices up at the uh, at the at the castle. Uh, like we, we do need, pretty much every year. We need to figure out how to get like a show live from that. That would be pretty amazing. epic. That would be pretty epic. <laughs> uh, but I, I do think that he'll Even have a pretty afterwards. big impact, and I'm excited for it too, Drew. So yeah. uh, we'll see what happens.
no rules, no boundaries, two topics, 30 seconds each. It's time for the two-minute warning. All right, fellas, it's time for the two-minute warning. Drew's going to be reading us the questions today. I guess I'll kick this one off, Scott. Cool. Sound good? Since everybody saw me point at you. Um, (laughs) First question that's on everybody's mind, uh, why does Buster Oldney suck? That wasn't the real... That's an easy one. I don't need two minutes. I need a lot more than two minutes on that one. No, I need two seconds. He's a fucking idiot. That's Uh, it. The real question... Uh, so a couple weeks ago, after uh, literally the day after one of the, uh, our last, well, two, yeah, our last show, uh, it was announced that USC and UCLA is now joining the Big Ten. Uh, so, what are your thoughts on any and all of that? All right. Well, if you want more than thirty seconds of my view, <laughs> check out the latest Shell and Tell podcast. Right uh, No, I think it's exciting for the Big Ten. These are two prestigious programs, right? That that both football and basketball bring a lot to the pro to the to the conference. I think it's exciting for Maryland. Uh, you know, you got a team in, in, in USC's football program that's changing with adding that you know the new coach and and adding Caleb Williams under the staff. Like they're going to be a very good football team. Uh, I think it's good for the Big Ten, uh, and I think college football landscape is going to change massively over the next couple of years. College football and the, the divisions just need to go to two. <laughs> I, I'm tired of the, the, the Big Twelve, the SEC, the Big Ten, the, the Pac-12, the Pac- like just just two divisions. I don't care if you call it West, North, and East, and South. North and South. I don't give a shit what you call it. Two divisions, two main winners. I, these guys should be in top tier in a top tier division anyway. So I expected them to either come to the Big Ten or go to the SEC. Either one made sense. Um, what is your favorite MLB All Star Game uh, moment or memory? Huh. Um, I'm a big home run derby guy, right? So I've always enjoyed the home run derby uh, for years. I think Miguel Tejada winning the home run derby was it in Houston that year. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, was pretty impressive. It was 2004, right? Uh, was probably one of my my favorite All Star Game memories. And then of course Ken Griffey Jr. hitting the warehouse at Camden would be my other. Yeah, I, we've kind of talked a little bit about some of this stuff before. For me, it definitely is is the Griffey situation in yeah. Camden. Again, the value of why it needs to come back because there's a lot of guys that a lot of people think could do it in in a home run derby. It'd be interesting to see. Um, so I, that's probably one of my favorites. And then the other one, I think it just the, the little bit of chills that I get every time I watch the video of them moving Cal from third base yeah, saw over today, to shortstop. Actually. And that's why I saw it too, so that's why I brought it up. I know James not a fan, but uh, it just it's it's who I grew up with as a kid. So it, it's it's a memory for me. Yeah, it's a good memory. I, like I said, I had forgotten about that video, saw it again today, and uh, it does. It gives you a little bit of chills, yeah. man. Stay tuned in the after hours, all y'all. Uh, we had a good good after hours plan yeah. for you guys. So we'll uh, we'll revisit that conversation with Drew and uh, James here in the after hours. Fred, Fred, take us out here. <laughs> yeah, man. Appreciate you guys tuning in as always. Uh, apologize for the delay, but hope all of you had a nice Fourth of July break. Uh, we will be back next. I think we're going to be back next Wednesday because the All Star Game is on Tuesday, correct? Yeah. Yes. Is the All Star Game on Tuesday? Yeah. So I'm going to push the show no, off wait, until Wednesday. Derby. No, Derby's Monday. Derby's Monday, and All Star Game's Tuesday. Right. Off day, okay. Wednesday and Thursday. So, so I'm going to push the show to next Wednesday at 7:30, only because I want us to all be able to enjoy the All Star break ourselves. 
Uh, so make sure you tune into that. I know it's a little weird when it comes on on Wednesdays. If you haven't done so already, make sure you're subscribed to our YouTube channel. I hit the subscribe button, turn your notifications on, do all the good things. If you're on, if you're on Facebook, make sure you hit the like button. Make sure you share the post. It all helps us get uh, audience and helps us get found. Uh, appreciate all you guys. As always, we'll be back next Wednesday night. For myself, Scott, James, Drew, and Ryan, who's dealing with a down tree. Wish in his he could have been here tonight. Wish he could have be been here, buddy. We'll see you guys next week. See ya. See ya.